welcome back to another episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. And say goodbye to these. And that will make sense later in the episode. <laughs> yes, it will. Uh, we watched the pilot and follow-up episode to uh, Fox's short-lived North Shore, which is just a gem of 2000s... Uh, realness from the snow patrol to the yellow card to the surfing right onto the beach of Hawaii. I think it was all shot there as well. Uh, I think this is my favorite era of television to talk about on this podcast. Like the early aughts Fox is, uh, we always get the best stuff out of this. And for those of you who are like me, who've never heard of it before, it is a delight. I would highly recommend a lot of it is on YouTube. You can go find it. This is where Jason Momoa started. Uh, it's also where a lot of just general mm-hmm. Fox faces went mm-hmm. to cash a paycheck. Like, you'll see like yeah. the majority of people who've been on other Fox shows are on this show. And it's like, a delight. Amanda, Reg- Amanda Reggetti got this show because of her work on the first season of The O.C. And I th- we talked about this before, obviously, with Skin. Like, Olivia Wilde was the other one Fox was trying to make happen. And then she finally got House. Uh, I think with Amanda Rigetti, like it didn't work out, and then she like went to the Mentalist. Basically, but yeah, they were both I, watching this. I was like, "There's no way Amanda Rigetti did not audition to play Marissa Cooper." I was going to say, no way. so like a- absolutely, most people would know her, which we'll get into her in the second episode. But that is Haley Haley. Um, oh, what the fuck? Cooper. Haley Cooper. No, no. Haley Nichol. Haley Nichol. Like, like, no, sorry. Like, that's not Haley <laughs> Cooper. How dare you? But uh, yeah, Haley Nichol, who I actually loathed. So I every time I see really, her, I, I love Haley. I don't love Haley. I think that the whole shit with Jimmy was gross, and I don't like well, anyone involved with well, Jimmy. Well, rewatching it, especially because she was like nineteen twenty when she filmed that. Like she was early twenty, maybe nineteen when she started filming the show. So when I rewatched it, I'm just like, stay away from her, old man. Yeah, that, Leave first her all, alone. That's true, and also like she also she looks as young as she was like what the more you rewatch okay, it so when it's you like, watch oh, she's very young. when you're younger she's definitely older than like some of the adults playing children so like you're, you i just read her as like 30 something if not more when i first in watched theory she was only older than misha barton which is crazy. Again, she was very young <laughs> and when you watch it as a child you just think of her like another one of the adults which is not totally like fair because even in the show they kind of like you know portray her to be one of the kids i I think she's supposed to be, like, either 21 or, like, mid-20s yeah, in the but show. but on that show, she might as well have been an like, ancient alien. Like, that is, like, basically <laughs> an old person for the OC. Because, like, basically the OC is all, like, a bunch of 15-year-olds, even though they don't act like 15-year-olds. So she just came across like she was this old lady. And, like, the show was definitely stratifying, like, oh, wow, she's, like, living this whole different type of life than they are, even though they're, like, close in age. So, they tried to make her seem different, but, like, it's mostly just because I, anything that came close to Jimmy Cooper, I just started to hate, so that's part of it. I feel like I just hate her by association. She's fine on this, this show, which we'll get to her episode later, but, um, I feel kind of bad, because there well, is, her intro episode. some bias there, yeah. where I was like, oh, I don't like you, even though you're probably fine. <laughs> Anyway, so let's get into the show. I mean, the show is pretty straightforward. It's, like, a real standard, like, workplace drama, but um, it's mm-hmm. interesting in the sense that, like, I did not anticipate a lot of what was going to happen on the show as it was happening. Do you want me to read the, the official synopsis yes, from please. Fox's website back please in the day? Do. Okay. Intrigue abounds at the Grand Waimea Hotel, an exclusive Hawaiian Grand escape Waimea. for the wealthy, powerful, and beautiful. 
Hawaiian native Jason Matthews, God, that's Christopher Paloha, <laughs> runs the hotel and makes sure every guest gets everything they need. When former flame Nicole Booth, that is Brooke Burns, arrives at the hotel's, as the hotel's new director of guest relations, Jason's role is turned upside down. But Grand Waimea's owner, Vincent Coville, which is James Remar, is staying on top of him to make sure his past with Nicole won't affect their work life. That's true. This is all correct. It is. That's a pretty succinct summary, summary, uh, summary of what happens. But I will say that the show is so... It's sort of like almost like a... It's, it's kind of like an Aloha-esque, like, sort of just like a guy wakes up in the morning and then this is, like, his day. Like, you could almost make a movie of the pilot if it was, like, stringed out longer because it's pretty much just guy wakes up, he has a tough gig, he figures it out, he goes back to bed at the end of the day. Like, that's kind of the whole plot of the first episode. Um, so it opens on, like, his alarm clock beeping. And I literally, like, I just want to say I just had a, like, IMDb spiral with the lead actor for this. Okay. Chris Palaha of uh, Ringer and Life Unexpected yeah, fame. So I, if you're like me, who suffers from mild face blindness, I was watching oh. Brooklyn Nine-Nine and they had a random person on there playing the CSI tech, Franco. And I was like, wait a minute, why do I recognize him? And I go and look him up thinking it was potentially Christopher Palaha. And it's actually Michael Mosley. So, <laughs> Michael Mosley is another character <laughs> actor. They're basically just two large hulking uh, white dudes. He's so tall, uh, Chris Palaha, which I didn't even think about yeah. until this show. And I'm not saying they look, look identical, <laughs> but they look like they could be brothers, for sure. And it's like, at the right angle with the light hits them, and their mouths are closed, you're like, wait, which one is it? Like, you truly don't know. So just to be clear, this is Caleb from Castle, not Jerry Tyson from Castle. <laughs> it's Nate from Unexpe- <laughs> Life Unexpected, and then not Drew from Scrubs. It's not Carlton from Mad Men. And it's not, let's see, uh, Ted Vanderway from Pan Am. (laughs) And it's Don from Better Off Ted. It's not the preacher from the uh, lake from Ozark. Like, literally, that's exactly how I had to go through it and be like, I couldn't tell which was which. Like, I thought, like, you know, once you find out which one it is, you're like, oh, it's that one. Even once I knew which one it was, I had to see which one was on which because they, like, basically take the same roles. I'm guaranteeing they go up for every single role together. And also... Uh, Chris Palaha has been in the previous episode we've done, which is uh, the pilot of True Calling. Yeah. I mean, he's in like yeah, he every- was her professor that she was uh, fucking. And it's 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 like a very standard, just like fluffy brown hair. But I will say that we're gonna get into it. I feel like as much as I enjoy him as an actor, actually, I think he's pretty good in everything he's been in. It's ugh, he he's the wrong person for this person. This show is to be about. I mean, he's a good lead. But I feel like the way that this show relies on, like, the, there's a huge through line through this episode the next about mm-hmm. class. And I get why he's doing this, because it's very much just, like, the have and the have-nots. Like, he's the service mm-hmm. industry, and they're the rich, high-end clientele. But it's so hard to take him seriously, because he's the manager of this ritzy hotel. Like, he should be making decent money. Am I wrong in thinking yeah. that? Like, he's the general manager of this hotel. It's like an estate Besides the fact resort. that he's just trying to keep it real, despite the fact he's keeping it real, it makes no sense why he is roommates with, well, well as we'll see, MJ and Frankie. So that, is, in the second that is a roommate situation. Yeah. That's bizarre. I literally had, like, a whole, like, a couple sentences about that. I was like, half, more than halfway through the episode, they, like, suddenly, we'll get into the other cast members, but, like, they cut to, like, him at... at like looking at like he's at home with a bunch of people and i'm like wait what i'm like why are there people at his house and then i'm thinking oh it's just staff quarters like baywatch i was like oh this is no big deal Mm -hmm. like they're all just hanging out in the staff house like that's not that uncommon or like Mm -hmm. like um 
what do you call it? The, uh, Saved by the Bell Hawaiian style or whatever. Like, there's always <laughs> usually, like, a cabana, cabana. staff. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what that is. But then, like, at one point, is eating, like, cereal. But then I'm like, okay. He's eating ice cream, it's and it's great. Cream. And then... <laughs> he's just munching on ice cream. It's so good. Delight. I would take a whole... Okay. My suggestion... And then he shares it with... He shares it with MJ, and it's adorable. My suggestion, which is probably not feasible in 2004, and I realize that, but I still want to voice it, is that if this show was starring... Jason Momoa as the general manager for this hotel, mm-hmm. the show would have been a hit. I mean, maybe not at the and time, that, but right now, this is the kind of show you should pitch. That also makes the class thing and the the father getting involved make even more sense. Exactly, and also like I, it, on a like a real simple level, like the whole um, okay. So the the way that the guy frames himself is is very much just like ugh. I had to deal with these rich people. I came from, like, quote-unquote nothing, even though his dad seemed to have a great life. I will say, he he's not, he's not like, ugh, rich people. He, he doesn't have that whole vibe. He actually, he treats them pretty well. The problem becomes when his rich ex-girlfriend gets involved. Agreed. And he's just very much like you and your billionaire daddy. And it's like, I get why there's probably some stuff here. And there is, like, legitimate mm-hmm. class issues. Among, like, race doesn't always matter. And I'm not saying, I think it's shitty for us to always just be like, well, if someone something about class issues, he should also be a person of color. Like, that's crazy. Like, it doesn't have to always be that way, because that way it's just, like, completely entwining but, the two things, but... But the problem with this show is that there's so many class issues, especially in the pilot, and it's just, like, all of your cast is white besides yes. Momoa. So, uh, I... In Hawaii. I literally said, like, of the... I counted, I think, of the four people who are native Hawaiians, three of them are service people. And the only other person is a friend of one of the service members, who's his cousin or whatever. So, like, Mm. it's true in the sense that, like, I completely understand the idea of, like, let's talk about the fact that, like, literally the people who are serving here are all Native people. And, like, what does that mean to the the class issues? I wouldn't even, like, obviously that's a pretty high concept thing for, like, a a workplace drama on Fox to necessarily go Mm. into. Especially but, in the early 2000s, we know, we know the vibe right, back then, right. too. We but, talked about it a lot. like, that's the kind of stuff that the OC would, like, quietly talk about pretty regularly, because Sandy Cohn was a huge, like, thing of, like, you know, I came from nothing, essentially, and he constantly was trying to poke fun at the people who were, hard, like, richer than him. But I also think, like, what's, what's a huge struggle here is there's this constant, like, railing against, not always, but, like, every time it does come up, he does, like, kind of take a shot at, like, Nicole's rich billionaire father and some of the rich yuppie residents who is, like, are able to basically buy their way out of things or into things. Um, and he's constantly talking about, like, us versus them. And I'm like, well, first of all, you're a white dude living in Hawaii, so you should understand that, like, Mm. talking like you know what it's like to, like, live here is not the same thing as Mm -hmm. saying that you know what it's like to, like, go out of your own wealth bracket and still deal with your own, like... Like, that's why I think we're saying, like, yeah, if it was he, Jason Momoa... He's, he's not a rich boy, right. but, like, the whole thing is that his dad was, like, a pro surfer, and that's why they, they lived out there. Now he owns a surf shop, but I'm sure they got by very well. And again, now he's a general manager of a hotel. Which is not an easy job, not an easy job or a low-paying job, in my opinion. This isn't, like, exactly. like the freaking, like, Seafoam Inn or anything like that. It's, like, literally, like, an estate with, like, bottle service on the beach. Like, it's... And bungalows, yeah. yeah. So, like, he's definitely got to be making, I would imagine, six figures, to be honest. Mm-hmm. What was it? Uh, the character of Chris, his his shitty friend, who's, like, paying for a $700 a night room. Yeah. Like, this is this is high class, And he's people. not, like, assistant to the assistant concierge or something. He is the general manager. He is the number two. Yeah. He is the There's number the two owner of this entire and operation. So it's like, what? And then the other thing that's confusing is, is when he does talk about the fact that, like, okay, fine. It's a Sandy Kellen thing where he has transcended his, his like, 
original, like, meager means. Then he feels, like, self-doubt, like, oh, I have to go back and help with all these, like, non-profit cases. No, we don't get that. It's just, like, him talking about, like, you don't know what it's like to grow up somewhat not rich, even though we don't, that's not really even established he did that. But then, like, once you're in that, like, you know, wealthy, like, you know, rubbing elbows with these rich people, okay, fine, he's not a billionaire, but, like, mm. he doesn't understand the exact thing that, like, MJ, who's, like, a waitress yeah. struggling to get by, or... Jason and Momoa he's like, oh, you can be better than a waitress, which, I mean, she agrees, but you don't say that to your best friend. Yeah, and also just generally- She's so like childhood. Generally, <laughs> they're, like, kind of treating him like he's on the same level as those two, and it's just like, no, those are two very different types of jobs. And that's fine, but let's not pretend, mm-hmm. like, he doesn't experience a different world than Jason Momoa yeah. does, even, like, he's probably making good money as the bartender of a rich, like, wealthy estate thing, but- He's not the manager of it. And also, he's not a white dude. So, like, I just generally, I'm like, wait, why are you acting like you have it so hard when you're, like, you're waking up in the morning on the beach and then, like, strolling into work at the beach and then eventually finding time to surf whenever you feel like it. Like, I don't, it's just, like, very hard to take seriously this whole, like, you don't know my struggle. It is also one of those things, and we'll get into episode two when they're looking for the assistant concierge. You're always, he's always saying, MJ, you could be better than a waitress. Why don't you give Her. MJ that job? That's what I'm, it's, it's so weird. I don't know. Like, I feel like we're not doing, I'm trying to do my best to try to like verbalize. Let's, let's, let's actually get into the episode. Into the episode so, it'll explain yeah. a little bit better what we're saying. We sound like we're just harping on this yeah. guy from the get go, but like it becomes very frustrating I, to watch him fail. I like him. This. I think, I think actually the biggest problem uh, with him and with Nicole's character is that from scene to scene, the show doesn't know what it wants their dynamic to be. Like in episode two, it's really playful until it's not. But I actually I like it when it's playful. But yeah, from scene to scene, than the drama. Oh, she she has like a really cute like a zinger on him in episode two when he like he's with Tessa. I'm like, well, where's this? I like I like this here. (laughs) It's it's a funny. I think generally they they did a decent job with him as a character because i believe yeah. that guy works at that resort i believe he maybe grew up in hawaii as a, a son of a dude who was a pro mm-hmm. surfer all that i buy i just don't buy him being the most interesting character mm-hmm. here and so like the more yeah. time you spend with him the more you're like let me just get back like they don't spend enough time with momoa it's crazy to me mm-hmm. like, when you watch him now he gets more as the show goes okay. on obviously but it, it's one of those things yeah. where like even though i know he did have more to do occasionally on game of thrones when you this, see well this him, is the show he did right before stargate atlantis right so, and so like yeah. he is someone who i mean if you've seen aquaman for example it's just, like, why aren't you like, constantly putting the camera on him? He just, like, oozes charisma. So, like, the fact that he was just sort of relegated to, like, fourth lead is so bizarre to me. Which, I make sense, because this is early on. It's just, like... It, it's same with Leighton Meester, even though this is early on in her career, too. Like, the minutes you're spending with her, you're like, this is, like, 20 times more compelling than, like, whether or not Nicole's gonna talk to him or not. Like, it's just... You start, you start to get yeah. very bored by his... <laughs> Orbit, not necessarily him, Christopher mm-hmm. Palaha. It's more just like his yeah. plot lines are very boring in comparison to literally everybody else on the show. They literally give so, MJ like a, <laughs> an extreme sports boyfriend, and they're like cutting back who to is, like, like even rewatching this. I'm like, I don't understand how he's a series regular. Uh, this is what he I'm is about. Riley Finn with dimples. I swear to God, really like so those weird. dimples are great, but what a he has horrible introduction. Nothing to him going too. on. Like, wait, uh, yeah, how, nothing but dislike. How are you, for me. Okay. We'll get into that. Uh, I just want to note some things about the actors in the show, because you, you mentioned Leighton Meester, yeah. who 
Uh, I remembered in episode two Josh Henderson as the douchey high school guy. I forgot that, that was Josh in the Henderson. Yes. Oh my god, I didn't even clock that. Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, so Nathan Meester, and this is coming off of uh, so I loved it when she and uh, Brooke Brent Tyler seen together because. So Leighton was just coming off of uh, the WB's Tarzan, where she was the lead's little sister. Oh, yeah, and that's like her after, whole, Oh, my God. Yeah. And then after this, Brooke Burns did Pepper Dennis, where she played this, the, the lead's uh, sister. But it's, it's actually... This is a crazy amount of just, like, people being in the same shows over and over again. Because... So Brooke Burns was in Pepper Dennis with Josh Hopkins. Josh Hopkins is the one who actually plays her fiancé on this show. Mm. So... They work together in the next oh, show. Oh, he's the and Morgan Chris- Holt that we yeah. don't ever see. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah, because we, we do meet him later, and yeah, it's Josh Hopkins. And um, so Palaha and Burns later work together in actually a great show, uh, the one season Misguided, starring Judy Greer. Oh, yeah, uh, I love that show so much. It's, it was only six episodes on ABC, and it's adorable. It's so incestuous on Fox. I swear to God, it's, it's so incestuous. Every single person has been on every other show, and I even mentioned people from before, like, mm. like, um, like Palaha himself has been on like several other Fox pilots or or like early seasons. Corey Sevier, who plays uh, Gabriel, the lifeguard, I love him. he's been in a show that we're we're definitely going to do, uh, Black Sash. Uh, you know, with uh, Ray J and Drew Fuller. I don't know I used that to I've have, ever like, seen the... that. I've never heard of that either. You, oh, you don't know you don't know about Black Sass? It's uh, Ray J, uh, Corey Savier, Drew Fuller, Missy Peregrim. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Ho. Oh. We're we're I've definitely doing Black Sass. What's it about? The WB it was a WB series. Black Sash. Uh, oh. Like it's it's happening. Died like a black sash over a f- like a funeral. No, it's like these kids, these high school kids. They they they're like getting like martial arts. Like they're getting oh, the black belts. Black belts. Okay. Yeah, in San Francisco. That makes sense because Missy Peregrine has that like stunt background. That'd be an interesting mm-hmm. show to watch. Yeah, I think this was yeah, and that would have been pre Life as We Know It because I think yeah, she did that and then Life as We Know It. Interesting. Uh but yeah, I'm surprised actually we haven't done Black Sash yet, just because Ray J starring in a television show I mean, yeah. is always something it you want to do. 2004 or something like that. So. <laughs> yeah, you, you know exactly when it was. Um, sure, I mean, it was definitely pre- Well, yeah, like you, you, if you're saying it's, it's Ray J acting in a certain thing, you know exactly what year it yeah, is. Yeah, you're like, well, it was before this year, probably. <laughs> Alright, well, so, and then the cast, the cast is pretty good. I will say it's like a pretty good cast, but again, it's incredibly white. Even though yeah, it's, set in it's a good cast. That's not the cast is not the problem, yeah. and it's it's almost like okay, if you're gonna have all these people that are like the white the white main mm-hmm. cast members talk about it, like they do point mm-hmm. out the whole like we're saying like we're talking about class. It's not like we're just like applying class at random to like you know a re- episode of reunion or something like that. It's literally like <laughs> the show calls it out and says like. It's about class. Like, he says the words, mm-hmm. the reason why the issue is that, like, they're they're making, well, we'll get into the actual, like, uh, Gabriel mm-hmm. thing, but, like. And also, you mentioned reunion. Again, Amanda Reggetti on Fox. Yes. <laughs> but, like, literally, like, he, he points out the fact that there's a class difference between the people who work here versus the people who stay here. And it'd be different if it actually 
address things better instead of just sort of offhandedly whenever they feel like it because it's just glaring because once you do address it then it's like all you can see is the fact that like mm-hmm. it's just jason momoa with a bunch of white people surrounding him it's rude i don't mm-hmm. like it at all i hate it <laughs> also like give me jason more momoa, jason all these white people i'm upset i need i need to call an adult yeah and it's just it's just it's it'd be way easier for me to to enjoy a show about this kind of like stratification of wealth if you at least had somebody who was a little more versed in, like, code switching between the world, besides just being well, yeah. a white guy who can fit into well, either at any mm-hmm. given time. Okay. Um, well, I guess I can mention now the thing I mentioned before the podcast is that what I noticed while watching this is that uh, back in the day, it was always like, oh, Fox is just trying to do the OC with adults now. Right. That's what they're doing. But upon trying. rewatching this and revisiting what was hap- like what was actually happening in TV at the time, this was Fox's attempt to, like, do their own Las Vegas as well. And then the OC also came out, and it was a huge hit. So they're like, let's do them both. And that's, again, that explains why Amanda Rigetti shows up, like, as a guest star, but, like, she's a series regular immediately uh, in the second episode because they wanted to get, like, the, the OC hits juices as well. Which, in theory, I feel like the show also could have been better if it had just been an OC spinoff. Like, if Josh Schwartz had written this as, like, a, a Haley Nichols yeah, spinoff. Yeah, honestly. Because she's yeah. basically the same character, roughly. Yeah, just... It, it makes a lot of sense if, if that's just what the show is. And I also... So, for me, and I said to you earlier, too, I think there's also, like, a modern take on this exact same basic concept, which is... I honestly think that this is accidentally steps into a lot of the similar territory of Jane the Virgin as well, which is basically just, like, yes. a bunch of rich guests at a hotel, how do they deal with the class issues? And that, mm-hmm. I think, does it better because you have the people who are in charge of the hotel, for the most part, are supposedly all uh, mm-hmm. people of color. So it's like, okay, how do you deal with the fact that we're all rich and, and mm-hmm. the rich people are all people that are actually, I think, in the, in the it, show, yeah. Hispanic, whereas mm-hmm. at least, like, on the show, the service It realizes the location yeah. and what, yeah, Which, and what the ethnicities would be. This is also yeah. ten years later, and there's a whole lot more to that show being also, like, a telenovela and stuff, but, like... I think mm-hmm. that, like, the failings of this show were made up for in some parts in how Jane the Virgin addresses certain parts of the race. Like, yeah. Because it's just, it's just a big, like, everything's set in Hawaii and literally it's all just a bunch of white people. And I almost kind of, like, would prefer the whole cast being Hawaiian because then you get this, like, unflux of just random white people from Minnesota and you're just like, wow, this is so crazy. Yeah, that checks out, yeah. And it's what it, that's That'd what the show's all, the episodes are. It's just a bunch of people coming on vacation, but, like... They don't mm-hmm. ever talk about how, like, it's weird that, like, a bunch of the people that mm-hmm. work here and yeah. serve these people are people native to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's very strange. Yeah, these, these are a bunch of rich people who apparently, like, come here all the time. You have people who come every summer. Yeah, yeah so that's another... We'll things. get into that a little bit more, but I do think that's also worth noting is kind of setting up the, the setting a little bit. So, like, first of all, I was just like, I can't believe more shows do not set their show in Hawaii because production crew would <laughs> They would them. if they could. I guess it's expensive. <laughs> they would if they could. But so, on top of that, though, this is very, like, um... What people think of in, like, terms of, like, you know, it's a beachfront show. I mentioned, like, the Baywatch stuff. Or even just, like, the Save by the Bell stuff that is when they're in, um, at the beach. Mm-hmm. This is different in the sense that, like, the people that are coming to this hotel, some of them are coming in via Lamborghini, some mm-hmm. of them are coming in via helicopter. It's very rich. It's very high-end. Mm-hmm. It's not even really, like, the OC, not everybody on the OC mm-hmm. could probably afford to come to this place mm-hmm. by the way they come. I mean, they can maybe come to a couple, yeah. like, a day or two, but there are people mm-hmm. vacation here that are on... Only Caleb yeah. Nickel could afford this of the group of them, if they want to put it in that And yet, it's still, 
it's still not as flashy, and maybe it should have been more as flamboyant as like Fast Lane. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like if the show went leaned into that kind of flamboyantness, maybe it would have been better. At least, maybe not actually good, but it would have had a more lasting legacy. Yeah, and it's just like there's like little things that kind of irk me, which uh, it's not bad, but it's just it's just it's hard to watch this show in modern times when you're just like sitting here like eat the rich. Like every single episode, <laughs> it's so far I've seen, it's like. Even in the, so, in the second episode, there's like a real frumpy little kid, and the, there's a plot we'll get into. But he like offhandedly mentions like I've been coming here since I was a kid with my parents, and he's just very like oh ho hum, and he's played up as like the schlubby guy who's trying to get the girl. And in the back of my mind, I'm just like, if your parents vacation at a resort in Hawaii every year, every summer, and you've met this mm-hmm. girl each time, they're both like daughters and sons mm-hmm. of billionaires. Like yeah. it's hard. Oh, to we'll be talking about life. that kid because. He had a lot of toxic stuff happening, and they just kept supporting right. him. Like, no, yeah, but like, ban all men. It's literally just like they set people up to be like villains because even though they're just having a good time on vacation, part of me is like, oh my god. Like, I, like I'm not saying it's out of the question for me to go there as a person. I'm not even saying that's not <laughs> impossible for you to like save up money and go on vacation to Hawaii at a resort. But these people are talking about it like with the ca- the casualness with which I would go to like, uh dive in Jersey Shore. Like, it's not mm-hmm. the way that people vacation in my life. So, like, it's hard to comprehend people just... It's the equivalent of saying, like, oh, I'm gonna take the chopper out to Nantucket next weekend. Like, who talks like that? But these people are talking like that, like, every other sentence. So it's hard to take them all seriously. That's why at least the staff is, like, you kind of automatically are on their side, because these people come across, mm-hmm. like, real monsters. Um, although, Christopher yeah. Palaha is more this- casual than the rest of them, I think. I will say, like, the the main cast, again, besides Dimples, because I don't know why he's part of the main mm-hmm. cast, they're all really likable. Yeah. And I think that they're all basically of the same mindset, where it's like, once the clock's, like, once you're off the clock, you go to the bar, you get a beer, you relax. Like, they don't have yeah. the whole, like, it's not like a real, which I kind of appreciate about the show, it's, I keep bringing, going back to Baywatch, it sounds like a really weird touchstone, but it really comes across like Baywatch. Like, it's a workplace <laughs> comedy that you get, at the end of the day, you all have to go and, like, take a deep breath and relax because you had a real stressful time. But, like, it's interesting because I feel like of the people on the show, it's primarily still a bunch of people that are relatively decent, well-off people. They're not working a second job, for example. So, like, yeah. even that, you're like, okay. Because they're all talking about, they're like, you don't get it, I'm living, like, I'm living hard. I'm living like paycheck to paycheck. It's like, well, you're still like living on the beach. It's hard to take it that seriously. <laughs> Cause I mean, I know that there are people that live on the beach and don't make a ton of money, but like the, sh- the lives that they're living, you can tell that they're still having a pretty decent time because they're yeah. like doing stuff outside of work. That's not. Just, yeah. Like, there's work. only one character who, who's having a hard time. And then like, she's a con artist and yeah, yeah she was just having a p- bad issues with that. Yeah, her conning has run out of, of steam. Um, yeah. and so anyway, so okay. the show starts with Christopher Baha waking up, alarm clock beeping, he- At 5.45am, he's already up. Yeah. He's oh, already wow. wide awake. There's no reason to- you know, Yeah. There's not even a reason to show that. Like, he was clearly up at five. <laughs> and so he beeps off his alarm clock, he's getting his, like, suit and tie on, driving to work. Available in Fox widescreen. Oh I missed that. And he's zooming down, like, uh, the coast of Hawaii to the hotel, and, uh- Shock a sign out the window, helicopter up above with somebody, I'm sure, coming to the hotel. And he's just, like, having a great... He's like, you're like, wow, this guy's mm-hmm. got it made. That's kind of the Yeah, vibe. he waves to the pilot, which is cute. Yeah. And, um, 
immediately he walks in, there's a problem at the pool, and then, of course, it's a woman. <laughs> like, that's the problem at the pool. And it's... Ah, uh, uh, this bitch. It's uh, Ritzy, Mrs. Farrell, who's Leighton Meester's mom. She's, like, some bigwig or bigwig's wife, you don't really know. And she wants her breakfast on time instead of late, and she wants the lifeguard to stop hitting on her daughter. And it's very clear that her daughter is harassing the lifeguard, to be honest. Yes. Like, he's kind of like, okay, you are Leighton Meester, and I can't peg your age right now, but... Yes. I, I double-checked, and I'm like, how... She, she had to be young. She was 18 at the time, actually, okay. Leighton so, like, was. It's... I always forget that Leighton Meester's still really young. Yeah, and he's and he's not really, like, into it, but he's more just like, seriously, you're killing me. You gotta stop. Like, he doesn't necessarily, like, he's not like the type where he's like, ooh, mm-hmm. but no. It's more just like, stop. Yeah. Please. I I'm not supposed to socialize with the guests, is what he says. Yeah, like, he's just, stop. And he's definitely attracted to her, but he's very clearly, like, put up a boundary even to get started. So you're kind of on his side, even though you're kind of not sure how to take it, because the show, some shows he, back then... He's a character, he's a character who seems like an idiot, but he, he's not actually an idiot. No. He, he's pretty smart with what he's doing with his life. Again, I'm gonna keep bringing up Baywatch until the end of time, but he comes across like a regular on Baywatch. Like, that's kind of the vibe of him, is, like, a smart lifeguard. Like, literally, he's not an idiot... And he's not doing much more than just being a lifeguard in these episodes, but he's mm. good. Like, he's good at what he's doing. He's not going to necessarily do Yeah, he's not getting that. himself into trouble. He is avoiding trouble at all costs. Um, so he, he's like, kind of like, uh-oh. Jason, of course, is like the smooth talker manager of the hotel, comes in and smooth talks the mom. He's like, it's fine. Every year, you don't need to relax. You're in Hawaii. You need to relax. It's a good time. And then goes over, smooth talks the lifeguard, says... By the way, she's 15, and he had definitely, like, his, if his garb wasn't up before, it's up fully now, which is still kind of creepy that he, like, that shouldn't just be the only reason he doesn't want to well, hit on her, but, like. That whole thing is, the whole thing's weird, cause at that point I was like, ew, what an intro, and I wrote my notes before that, the male gaze, literally, because it's, and just, okay, so she's supposed to be 15, we know that Leighton is 18 at that point, but the way this entire storyline goes, it's very weird what the show wants us to think about this. Are we supposed to, like, find it hot that she's, like, she is going after him very aggressively. It's a really interesting plot to watch in, like, 2019. Because I think it was supposed to be taken one way then. But, like, nowadays when you watch it, you're just sort of, like, gross? Question mark? Like, but they kind of land on, like, a decent message where it's just, like, don't fuck with people. That's not good. And don't make false reports. But, like, it's also, like, he kind of never is gross. Like, he's never rude. He's kind of just, like, a nice adult man. He's just like, please don't do this. It's not nice. Please stop doing this. But it's like, but why even have this be the plot? Like, it's just such a bizarre plot to start with. Like, it didn't need to Because this is definitely, this is definitely not a teen drama. They make that clear. But... It's the kind of dynamic where, if this were a teen drama, oh, she's 15 and he's, like, mid-20s, ooh, can they make it work? I mean, this, I was real, I was getting real worried that was gonna happen, because that's, this is, like, prime, like, Pretty Little Liars, where that shit was real fly. Yeah. So, it's very possible this could have gone a different way, and there's not even really a hesitation in him, where he's just constantly, like, no. And so, we'll get to it later, but, like, he literally is, like, constantly turning her down. But, we do also have these weird moments where, I think it's partly just because the show... The show, it's almost like the writers know, like, listen, we're not going to sexualize this relationship, but then the director or the, the DP is like, we're still going to shoot I'm gonna it. I'm going to sexualize sex- Leighton Meester. Yes, like, it's like, it's like the camera's sexualizing her, but the character of Gabriel refuses yeah. to. Yeah. 
And that's why it's so upsetting. Yeah, so, like, she literally is, like, hitting on him, like, coming at him 100 miles an hour, which is probably legitimately something the male lifeguards do have to deal with occasionally. And, of course, female lifeguards as well, but, like, yeah. he's... And I understand, because, again, I was, like, in love with him at the time, too. Dude, I can understand, like, you know, throwing some looks his way. And he even, like, once he gets told that she's 15, like, ugh, then they cut to, like, Leighton Meester, and it's really weird, like bizarre the way it's shot is bizarre. Yes. I don't know how Again with the the, the, the male gaze. She like goes and this. like runs out of the pool and then leans down and then sunbathes, unhooks her her strap she's doing it. Without a bag <laughs> like that's not even <laughs> that uncommon. His dude this dude is a Hawaiian lifeguard. He's not he's not literally native Hawaiian but like he lives in Hawaii and is a lifeguard. He's surely seen people mm-hmm. bathe naked, right? Like I don't know what the the lack of chill on her. She's fifteen. She she has no chill whatsoever. Yeah, and it's just to me, he should not be as flummoxed as he is. That's the one thing where I'm like, dude, you need to relax. But again, he's he's the one seeing Misha for the first time. He probably realizes he realizes fifteen will get you twenty, as the as we'll see later in the episode. So then we're also introduced in the same couple sentences, like right after that. uh, Jason strolls over and meets bartender Jason Amoa, who we mentioned, who's Frankie. Okay, Frankie. <laughs> I don't really buy Jason Momoa as Frankie, but okay. Hey, yo, Frankie. Like, imagine Jason Momoa, and then imagine calling him Frankie. Like it's an awful name. <laughs> like I don't know what that was. I just called him Jason Momoa in all my notes. I refuse to write Frankie. Um, same way that I'll we'll get to when we talk about Harry Morgan later on as well. But so he's there. He's like here. <laughs> Harry Morgan. Uh, He's like, here's her breakfast, which immediately I'm like, yeah, this is what I want. A character, this is what I want in this whole show. It's part Mm -hmm. of why I think I enjoyed the show is just Jason Momoa's little one-liners because so he's saying like all of his moments are great. Yeah, so the the annoying rich lady who's like, I want my breakfast now. He's like, here's her breakfast. He has like a martini, which is hilarious. And he's just like, quick, get it over to her. Like, completely deadpan, real honest, with like, a little like sparkle in his eye, in classic Jason Momoa style. It's great. And, um, of course, they're like, they're all zinging each other with all these lines about how you know, the, eat the rich. Like, it's, they're all yeah. like, I'll hate the rich and, people there, honestly. And yeah, of course, because then we also meet MJ and, uh, like, Misha's mom is like, waitress, yeah. come here. And even, like, yeah, she once she waitress. sees that she's talking to the people that were helping her, she still doesn't, like, let it go. She's just rude. Yeah. So. And, uh, MJ's played by Nikki Deloche, who people probably know from Awkward or uh, Mickey Mouse Club with Brittany and Justin and all of them, yeah, so. back in the day. And um, yep. she's talking about how, like, okay, she's a waitress for now, but it's temporary. Which I want to know what she was doing before, that this is a temporary. Yeah, she's been, yeah. Has she also been a year or just a few months? Uh, she says she's been doing waitressing thing. It's only for the next year or the last year. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very ambiguous. Kay. She's only doing it for another year. She's been doing it for a year or so. But her age mm-hmm. is real hard. To, she, again, looks like 30-year-olds. So, like, I want to know what she was doing prior to this. Like... Are they all, like, former surfers that, like, retired and started working in the service industry? Could Tell us that. Like, I want to know. I don't even remember if they addressed it. Maybe she was, like, in design school or something, because that would make sense, too. Yeah, but even then, like, she's definitely not, like, young, young, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to take yeah, her seriously as, like, a newbie into the, into the fray. Yeah. No, But it's interesting, because it's sort of, like, played, like, they know that they all have lives prior to this, but they just refuse to acknowledge them. 
They're like a bunch of retired hitmen, and they're all like working in the service industry. But like, yeah. cause when they cut to the, I refuse to believe it's an apartment, even if that's what you say it is. It's just a staff quarters, as far as I'm concerned, the uh, staff cabana. But they have like a row of like it must be like six or seven surfboards. Like a lot of people live there or use the surfboards. So well, they're all surfers, I guess. I guess so, yeah, because obviously we know that uh, Jason's a surfer. Yeah, and, and listen, I have had family that surfs. You only have a handful, if that, of surfboard yourself, ever. Well, his dad has, like, a surf shop. Right. And they, could, they could be, like, a lot of his dad's old boards, too. That's a lot of boards. It's, like, ten boards. It looks, again, I keep going back to Baywatch. There's, like, scenes in Baywatch where they have that many boards. Like, God, Maura, why do you love Baywatch so much? It's so relevant, guys. Like, if you want to picture what it's like inside this, this staff cabana... Slash apartment, it looks like the the staff place at the Baywatch, where they all go and hang out. But so, they have at least a board per person, so they're all probably surfers, at least casually. So, mm-hmm. maybe they've all just been hanging out in Hawaii this whole time. That's fine, too. But, like, they talk about it like this is a temporary change for her to be a waitress, but, like, change mm-hmm. from what? But she wants to start selling sur- shirts in the future, and she describes it as, like, beachwear or, like, yeah, know, ocean wear, which is a good. That makes sense. It's like a nice, simple, straightforward thing. Mm-hmm. But they, I don't. Maybe later on they do. They've never show her as like someone who has like a real flair for style or design. She's just wearing real I mean, basic. The, the shirts they show uh, of hers that Chris wears. I'm like, this is ugly. Why is it just like a basic white shirt, but the back has a design on the back? Like, why? Why is there a design I on the back? That. That's sad. That's real sad. Yeah, that's when. Because, yeah, uh, Frankie and Jason noticed, like, Frankie. towards the end of the pilot, that someone's wearing her shirt, and then he turned around, it's Chris, so. Oh, right, right, yeah, right. That's what it is, that, that ugly shirt. Yeah, that, I don't buy that as a good shirt. <laughs> that's why I didn't even notice that at the time. I was like, surely that's not the shirt they're using to show that she's a successful designer. But, like, I can understand, like, just show, like, kind of like a Tommy Bahama look or something like that. Like, I would completely buy that, but they don't ever really show it. Um, they just talk about how um, she doesn't want to do this forever, basically. Also, I just saw, and we'll get more into the tripod page, but that the Chris character was supposed to just be a guest star for the pilot, but apparently the producers fell in love with him and made him a series regular. What? That tracks. Because, again, it makes no sense he's a series regular. But also, like, why did they fall in love with him? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what? I don't know. <laughs> again, less he, sense now course- to me. <laughs> Ken, he's fucking Riley Finn with dimples. Yeah. Oh, God, so boring. And down to, like, the extreme sports when he like, has emotional trauma. Mm. All right, Um. so he... Well, we'll get to that part later on, I guess. So, either way, we get, we get oh, to yes. Jason uh, Vincent, meeting everyone. Well, we're, oh. right now we're at Vincent's exposition to Nicole. So, we should probably establish, too. We're going to call... I mean, I will call... Jason, I'm- I mean, this ca- this cast is so prolific that we might as well just all call them by like their actual names, right? Right, their actor names because, because like let's just this is a real cast. Let's just clarify <laughs> that Christopher <laughs> is named Jason in the show, as yes. well as obviously Jason Momoa is named Frankie. Frankie, we're, we're, we're not calling we're him Frankie not ever calling again. Frankie ever, we're just gonna say Momoa probably. Yeah, so honestly, Momoa, and then if we we switch around between Christopher or Jason, it'll mean just the main character and not Momoa. Um, okay. so, uh, Vincent is James Remar. We'll probably just say James Remar. Uh, I'm gonna call him Harry Morgan, his full, uh, you, oh God. His full government name. But we get Harry Morgan in charge of the hotel. I'm gonna call him Raiden. <laughs> Raiden. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will never see him as anything besides Harry Morgan's ghost, I, I should say, I guess. But, like, uh, Harry Brooke Morgan... Burns is... 
He's, is Nicole. He's also, like, a relatively nice guy. Because at first when you're introduced to him, and as someone who watched yes. and Dexter, he's usually, like, the by-the-book dude. But then, like, you get to know him, and he's, like, a he, psycho. And it's, like, yeah, James Remar. too. I'm always worried with James Remar. And then with Black Lightning, he turned out to be, like, a great guy. I'm like, what's happening here? It's very hard to read. Because you go into his roles thinking either he is by-the-book, or he's by-the-book to the point where he becomes a psychopath. And and this character seemed like it would be super corrupt, and he is not. He's not, not corrupt at all. And also, like, in, even in this show, like, he definitely is not as nice as he comes across in the beginning. But mm. eventually, he's just trying to kind of get his, like, like yeah, he's not terrible. He's just not great. Like, I mean, yeah, he he owns like he owns this hotel, and he has all this this bullshit soap opera drama happening. And he's like, get your shit together. Yeah, it's again, he's like very Caleb Nicoly, like real, like he's like neutral evil. It's <laughs> just like he's. Oh well, yeah, Caleb Nichols is very evil though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I guess he's more like I don't know. He's not good. I can't call him good. And he's not chaotic. He's just sort of like he's a, a normal human being. <laughs> Who owns a hotel? A person. He's honestly maybe the most realistic character of all of them. Mm. He's just got like very complicated opinions on basically everything that happens. Um, although he does definitely care about the money, that's his most important thing. Of but course. you can also say like he cares about the money because he doesn't want the hotel to get sued and go yeah. under. He, so all he wants is his hotel to be in the top ten rankings, yeah. just the top ten. That's all. <laughs> yeah, he's not like desperate for number one. He's not cutthroat. Like we got to kill other people. It's just let's try and do our best to get number one or high uh, high up. You know, not like, if we don't get number one, you're all fired. Like, some shows yeah. would be. Um, and also, this generally, like, let me just say, this is, I'm the same person that has done some stupid thoughts on certain shows we've watched in the past, thinking people were deaf or whatever. I thought, <laughs> I thought for a good portion of this show that Harry Morgan was Jason's father. <laughs> What, okay, that makes sense. He's a he's clearly a father figure, which yeah. it's weird because Jason's father's alive, and, and it's very fine. confusing because they're like dressed literally the same in some of the the first scenes together. So I thought they're implying like, okay, he's like handing off the palace to his son, kind of thing. Yeah, his son was like a rebellious child and came back to work for him, and which is also a better story. But I mean, hey, listen, like these are all things that I think I agree. But, like, I was just expecting it. Like, what is... That's probably... I'm missing something. I feel like that's the plot of another show that's similar to this. Where it's just, like, the rowdy kid comes back and tries to take the keys to the palace back. That's six feet under. Yeah, sort of like that. (laughs) Or or the mountain, which is six feet under on a mountain. Yeah, it's very similar to those types of, like, you know, kid was the the rambunctious rebel. The prodigal son returns. Exactly. That's the Bible, baby. Yeah. (laughs) OG. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> that was the worst. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Alright, so he is also a father figure. So it really kind of... And they honestly, I honestly think that they kind of do that on purpose. That they kind of confuse you. Because he looks like close enough to him. But of course my first couple you notes could, are like, yeah. why is his father a full foot taller than him? <laughs> so I was like, okay, later on... When why is everyone so tall on the show? This is the tallest television cast in history. Honestly. honestly. Besides Nicola Deloche, who's a tiny woman. Everyone is so How fucking tall. tall. Is- that's a great point. Like, you know how, like, usually everyone's real short and they're all short, so you never tell, you can never tell who's actually Palaha tall? is 6'2". <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's insane. But this is the opposite, where they're all so tall, Jason Momoa mm-hmm. looks like average height, which is crazy. Because <laughs> Jason Momoa has got to be, what, like 6'2", mm-hmm. 6'3", at least? I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, it's, it's definitely 6'2", 6'3", because there's a scene in, like, uh, episode 2 where they're 
standing next to each other. I'm like, oh, okay. These are some tall but men. And Christopher Bob. Give them all the roles. Christopher Bob is, like, really tall, too. Like, they're all tall. He is, yeah. He's probably, like, 6'3", I think. Brooke Burns is usually the same height when she's wearing heels, but she's, like, she's only slightly shorter than him when she's not. Because, and she, she was a model, so, of course, she's tall. It's an interesting bunch of people. Like, for sure, they're all super tall. So that's why when James Remar is so short, I'm like, okay, yeah, so Jason Momoa is 6'4", which is crazy, because, like, yeah. he looks average height on this show. And 6'4", in Hollywood, you should be towering mm. over everyone. Yeah, like like Padalecki. Yeah, that's a tall... So J- Christopher Blaha is 6'2", so even he's tall as well. So that makes a little more sense. That's why James Remar looks like a child. When James Remar, I've never thought of as short before, but compared to everybody else, he looks real short. Because mm-hmm. um, his normal actor height yeah. is what's he's happening. Like five it's like, oh my god, he's so yeah. short. But, so he is... Oh, well, I learned, actually, the role was originally for Rob Estes. Was it really? Yeah. Interesting. I, even further, I think, that thinks it should be his father. Like, that would have made even more sense that it was... In my opinion, that'd be his father, right? Or no? Mm-hmm. Well, no. If it's Rob Estes in the Vincent role, in in James Remar's role, yeah, that would make more sense as his father, right? I don't know. I think no. he, look, he looks got the similar look. I could totally I don't see him father, being but his like father. related. I mean, listen, he, he doesn't look exactly like James Remar. It's also just like the way. I mean, nobody ever looks identical in Hollywood, besides mm-hmm. the aforementioned Christopher Blaha and Michael Mosley, but. Literally, his the the James Remar character. They're wearing like the same color, like blue suit and like blue undershirt. Yeah, like it's very clearly like he's mirroring him. He's learning to be. The I mean, I guess yeah. Rob Estes could be like Palaha's father, like in that whole like OC. There's a 14 year difference between your yeah. your ages, Listen, kind of kid, thing. Yeah, me and your moms, we didn't understand what was going on. We were just having fun. <laughs> like that's like every Rob Estes role he's ever done, right? Like you're just thinking of just Mariano's dad. Yes, <laughs> that's Listen, what's happening. I didn't know any better. We were kids. We were kids having kids. It's just stupid. But now we're in a windward circle. Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't have worked though because he's like five eleven, right? So he would have been yeah. Dead. But either way, so he'd still be on the taller side than most actors yeah so. and so we're introduced to him kind of i think ambiguously like is he his father because he talks to him like he's i think he even says son a couple times but like in that kind of, of course like, harry morgan way where he's just like hey son don't do that or something to the equivalent of like listen we gotta get this under control son we gotta get like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff maybe not son yeah. per se but like he's using terms mm-hmm. and yeah. like phrasing that makes makes it very clear that he cares about mm-hmm. um uh, Palaha, like, he's not just somebody who's yeah. a staff member, he's, like, his protege, basically. And this is where Nicole and Jason run into each other, and it's a whole thing. Uh, so he's introducing Nicole to the whole building, he's like, oh, yeah. and this is Nicole, and she, like, turns around and then's like, what? <laughs> this is my ex! Which is, I find incredibly unrealistic, but whatever. It's the plot of a show. He does say, like, later on, did you know I worked here? And she's like, no, I didn't. Which but no one believes. I just do no not one believes. believe that for a second. Because, so let me, we'll just give a tiny bit of background, which they go into throughout the show, but you can just hear it all up front. So she was his ex-girlfriend. They worked at her father, who's a billionaire, which, again, makes me real confused about how he's supposed to be this poor slob of a manager. Yeah. Her father's a billionaire for owning a hotel, Ipso mm-hmm. facto. And he worked for that hotel back in Maui. Yeah, so he should also be, like, not even a billionaire, but certainly a millionaire mm-hmm. working for this new hotel. Mm-hmm. Because well, I guess that was pre his general man- manager days. I know. guess, but that means that now he is the general manager. So, like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, again, he's number two. He should be making a lot of money. And, and, and James Remar's character 
is maybe not like a quote unquote billionaire, but he's certainly fucking rolling in it because he's the owner of the hotel. So like, it's just very confusing the way that they talk. Maybe that's like the Marriott and this is like its own private hotel. Okay. Maybe that's different, but like, talk about that. (laughs) You know, don't just say this hotel. Cause for him to say like your billionaire father and like writes off, like that's just who he is. Maybe he's like the Hilton or something like that's different. Mm -hmm. Maybe he has money outside of the hotel chain, but like, it's confusing to say like, your father, who's owner of the hotel, is a billionaire, but the one that I'm directly under isn't a billionaire. Either way, so she's this rich person's daughter. She worked at the hotel, fell in love with him while he was working, probably as, like, a concierge or guest services person. Then, yeah. randomly, after dating for several months, he she just disappeared. He felt abandoned. Yeah, she went to New York. Up, and eventually he left the hotel, came to this hotel, and they haven't spoken since. They were pretty much, like, borderline engaged or almost going to be yeah. engaged is the impl- implication. They're not actually yeah. married or um, engaged at the time, but they're... They were on together. the path, basically. Yeah, and they're very serious. So, her showing up here... Also, so, that aside, that's their relationship. I find it incredibly unlikely that, say, if you worked in, like, Hilton Management in Hawaii and you moved to a different hotel in the, on the island... You're not gonna know like who the four or five top players in the field are, yeah, and where they were. Again, there's no way you're not gonna know your ex boyfriend is the general manager of this hotel. I mean, like, come on, that's the base. It's like saying like you don't know who your like Congress people are. Sure, there are people that don't pay attention to that stuff, but for someone who works in politics, you're gonna know. You know, like if you're gonna work in the hotel industry, you're gonna follow who the people in the hotel industry are. Or guess what? You suck at your job and you shouldn't get being promoted to this random job, but she seems to be good. So I just don't believe it for a second. But they're claiming she's coming from Maui to, I think this is Honolulu, so it's a little different, maybe? But like, hmm. it's not, I mean, the islands are different. I don't know if, I don't remember if they reveal like, yeah, she, she's full of shit and she did know. I would buy that. it feels like... She, they ha- they would have to reveal that. I mean, I don't I don't mind the fact that like she did that. That's a fine plot for her. It's like, woo, wow, she's like upset because mm-hmm. she's being treated like she's this cold bitch who left him, and the whole time she's there, she's kind of like friendly to him. Like, let's just talk about it. Let's talk about mm-hmm. it. He yeah. seems the one who's kind of like petulant mm-hmm. about how they broke up, yeah. and that's fine because it sounds like a shitty way to mm-hmm. break up with someone just yeah. leaving. But he has a reason to be angry. But ex- like her character's never actually cold, which right. is nice and. I would like to hear the fact that, like, even though she is trying to be distant and she's... Actually, there's a little plot... Well, we can skip to this. I think it's not that far ahead. But there's a little, mini, like, a minuscule plot at the end where you find out that she has actually been engaged and she wasn't yeah. wearing her ring. So that when she... Wait a minute! I feel like I just unraveled the whole thing. This is, like, memento. She... <laughs> she couldn't have she, done that she, if she didn't know he was yeah. gonna be there! This she is, totally knew. It's a fraud. She wanted to see what was up. We know what's up. Holy shit. I didn't even think about that. They don't ever address that, though. I feel like maybe they do address it later in, like, the, the season. They have oh, to. They must. But either way, maybe she sees him and she, like, quietly, you know how you can do that with your fingers, like, rolls yeah. going around? <laughs> maybe she does that so that she doesn't see the huge diamond on her left hand, but, like... But- it's the other thing is, crazy. She kn- again, his dad lives here and, like, sells his surfboard, so she knows this is where he's from. Right. Right. She knows this is his hometown. And if they were that serious, she certainly probably, he knew her, that the father knew her by name, so they probably met. Yeah, and like, he liked her, yeah. God damn it, this all is bullshit, so, like, whatever. Either way, so. <laughs> but I don't know if we said it clear enough. So Kim, we don't have a problem with the character, it's just this one particular 
aspect of it. Yeah, and so we kind of jumped. I jumped around because I was so you jumped that. Let's talk about. Well, let me just say the bad girl of tennis played by Brittany Daniel. Well, before we get to that, real quick. So I mentioned at the end (laughs) she has the ring on. So she has been saying to him she's single, not single, but she's just like implying. She never said anything about like her status, really. But she keeps it all very vague about what she's doing here and her her current situation and like her thoughts on their breakup. But she also. I, I kind of mentioned it, but I want to be real direct. She has a wedding ring that she has been, or engagement ring she has been hiding from him and puts it on in the last second when they kind of, like, talk it over mm-hmm. after they're like, on cordial yeah. terms. So, anyway, just wanted to mention her that. Amazingly, I to say that, but I don't want to... In her amazing white pantsuit is where she hides it. What the fuck was that outfit? Oh, my God. I, I love it. I love I it. I do love it. it. Probably, it's not the right outfit for that job, but I love it. I have, great. like, a full, like, paragraph of notes on just the scene where she... Is wearing that outfit in the second it's episode. Amazing. It's great. So anyway, so she's introduced and he's like, what? And then there's a lot of like barbing back and forth, but they're mostly cordial because they're both professional people. It's not like he's really like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Nothing like that. Just sort of like, oh, great. I And they're like, and if anything, um, you get uh, Harry Morgan. It's just sort of like, oh, you know each other? <laughs> what? And he knows. He always knows he what's going know. on. <laughs> like if he's this obsessed with Jason, even if he's he heard a him troll. Right out of that, he would have known that she was his ex. Like you just don't know. Like who is that? Oh no, with he d- and not okay. Know they were almost engaged. He, woman. he definitely knows. He's just like a little. He's a little troll when it comes to Jason and that stuff. It's like oh, I didn't know this. Blah 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 blah. Oh, you did this. No. I do like. <laughs> he, I really like his on. acting though, because there's a scene later on which I can mention now because I don't think I have notes on it. It's very inconsequential. But he mentions, like, you know, try and figure out how to keep your personal life and your professional life separate. And then someone's, like, um, someone walks by him and it's like, almost like, oh, hi, what's up, Vincent? And he's like, as you can see, I'm still working it out myself. <laughs> and then there's another scene later on where he, they're like. Yes, Vincent, Vincent and his relationships yeah, stuff happening in the background right, is so, so good. The, the other concierge comes up and she's like, Vincent, there's, um. Uh, a very attractive woman. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's what she exactly. says. Like, is that like, listen, I believe it's true because obviously I think James Remar can probably get it at his age. He played polls. But what's interesting <laughs> is like, it's almost as if he told the concierge to come tell him in front of Jason, <laughs> I have a very attractive woman at the bar. Because who the hell talks like that? <laughs> he, she didn't get her name. She didn't even the describe The concierge was brunette. feeling it. It's just she like, was like, this, this concierge woman comes out and says, Mr. Re- Mr. Mr. Morgan, she's like, there's a very attractive woman for asking for you at the bar. Just like that, well, not even like a wink or like a ha It's just sort of like, this is a state. She's uh, she's so well, attractive, no. I don't know how else to describe her besides Maybe if attractive. he didn't go there, this concierge was going to shoot her shot. Yeah. <laughs> she was going to go back to the very attractive woman and, and be like, well, he... <laughs> I love him, though, because in that scene, too, which we'll get to later on, but he's just so like... Oh, she's like an archduke or a duchess or something. I don't know. It's <laughs> just like, come look at me. I'm going to try and be the next Duke of York. Like, it's very insane. It's cute. stuff going on that I really it's, respect. It's a weird cuteness. Yeah. That's what's happening. Because I kind of okay. realized that he's not going to be as involved in the day-to-day plots besides, like, judgment calls as needed. So he's sort of just floating around in the background. So he kind of makes the most out of what scenes he has, uh, which is great. And so he introduces the two of them. They're like, holy shit, we both know each other. And she's, he's like, what? Wink. And they, they are kind of like, let's just like talk about it later. And um, they have a helicopter landing, which you mentioned, with the new guest, Brittany Daniel. Daniel, who yes, is from... The bad girl of tennis. <laughs> Justin girl. from Wimbledon. 
That's confu- Is that is she supposed to be a tennis player in this episode? That's, yeah, that's what the character. The character is a tennis player, which makes the the end end reveal. Uh, I never, again, I never heard that, but I guess that's just probably that's what he says. And although that makes the final thing like reveal like is this really a problem? This is two thousand four at this point. I mean, uh, in, I, in got, tennis. I had questions about the reveal too. Like, I don't know that it's so much a reveal. It's just like by the well, way. Well, the reveal, the reveal thing is uh, one of those things where like I, again, I forgot so much about this. I forgot this plot specifically. But when the, the publicist showed up, I'm just like, oh well, she's a lesbian. <laughs> so Listen, the reveal. That's I'm like, I was like, what's the reveal? Like, I felt like that was yes! implied from the get go. I'm like, oh yeah, they're, they're fucking. <laughs> well, like of course they're in. <laughs> so I'm gonna reveal it to the audience. Right, so we should say. She's she's introduced as an athlete. I didn't realize she was a tennis player, but she's an athlete. Yeah, and or at least like somebody rich. I yeah. She's, I was like, but she's, why is she so? Why I thought she was like a, the the wife of a husband or something. Yeah. Like some she's she's a famous tennis player. Yeah, she uh, just sort of comes yeah, off just like smiling the whole time, just like having a good time. She's there. She's saying she wants to keep a, or the the publicist of hers wants to keep a low profile while she's there. She's like, yeah, to no tabloids or anything. And I get that because if you're on vacation, you want to have a good time without worrying about paparazzi. So. Yeah. It's confusing though because like this, as she's saying that she says, but like obviously she would like your company. You're just her type, so she's kind of implying like, hey Jason, you should go hang out with her. Which, which obviously setting up the bearding situation, but yeah, immediately with the publicist, I'm like, well, she's a lesbian. But the the way they the way they talk to each other when they're together, it's like very clear that they're together. Like I don't even wonder. I know she's to be her publicist, but like they have immediate chemistry. It's crazy the way she's like. It, it could be an acting thing, but the way this the publicist character acts, I don't think. Oh, this is her. This is her people. This is her publicist. I I don't get like a professional vibe off of it. Only personal, like immediately, right? right. Well, I got very confused about who that was at first because I thought like that's someone from the hotel saying that because it's like surely if she's telling him he is her type. Why would she be dating her and saying that? Like, I thought, like, oh, it can't be her. Like, at first I thought that's her girlfriend, and then she says that, and I'm like, oh, there must, she must be part of the hotel, because if she's her girlfriend, she wouldn't be telling him to date her. And then, yeah, like, later on, you're like, oh, no, that's like, oh, her girlfriend. It's a, be- it's a beard situation. It's bizarre. It made no sense. But either way. So Which also, he gets so, I'm, obviously, we're spoiling, but whatever. Whatever. Uh, he gets so upset about being the beard. I'm like, no, why are you so upset about this? It's not, like, you I'm don't a- really... You don't care about her. You're not in love with her. I've got a couple she, questions about that. Because even as they were making weird. out, she was trying to get him back with his ex-girlfriend. Right. And also, like, I don't even buy it as, like, her being a beard. It's more like she, they're asking for a third. Just be clear about well, it. Well, no, it, it was a beard thing because the page six thing is the one that reveals them kissing. That's the thing. Right. It, it, he, was basically, like, he was the patsy, so she seems straight. I, I agree that that's what it was, but I'm like, I feel like the show could have just as easily just been like, we were looking for a third instead of a quote-unquote beard. You know what I mean? Well, as we know, bisexual people don't exist. I know. That's what I'm talking about. That's what's so frustrating. <laughs> I, it's actually, I've never existed <laughs> this whole time. That, you said <laughs> that so legitimately, it kills me. You're like, oh no, no. Surely that makes no sense. Like, it didn't, it did not compute for me that that was even, like, a factor, because it's just like, but... Why is he even shocked that she could be... I mean, once I realized that they were definitely dating, I'm like, oh, so they're just in an open relationship? And then they're, like, further to be like, no. <laughs> there, was, there was never a question to you, like, of course, they're dating, it's, but also... <laughs> it's so 
confusing to watch this in 2019 because so the first reveal is like and, and like immediately it just I ping like yeah they're a, they're a couple yeah the first reveal is like oh but she actually wants to date men I'm like okay so she's bi I thought she was just lesbian and then it goes further to be like but also they are dating it's like okay so they're a lesbian in a relationship or a bi in a relationship. But, like, even then, it's like, okay, it's shitty that they treated you this way. With I actually thought, like, when he was saying sorry about the whole, like, getting caught on tape, I don't even understand. I think the only issue here is basically they reveal eventually that she's just a fully lesbian and not bi at all. Which is, yeah. I think... She's fully lesbian and was looking for like, a beard because I guess the rumors were coming out that she's fully a lesbian. And, I guess and it's not like they hide it because, again, they just... After that whole, they realize what's happening, why would you kiss when you realize you're being followed around? Right. I mean, that's probably pretty I mean, I guess they, they set up the first picture, but still, if you're trying to keep this on the low, don't kiss with the door wide open. Oh, God. Or just kiss him next. Just, I don't know. <laughs> I have so many questions. But so, the, the, the thing is- I want a threesome in a pilot. Yeah. Threesome in a pilot. And so she sets up the- um, what do you call it? The the PR agent of hers sets up the whole night well, so that she can take yeah. a picture and, and publish it in the, the Inquirer or whatever. As Although, like, oh my god, she is straight. <laughs> no one ask any more I questions, thank you. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? I just re- realized with the later scene where she's completely ignoring Nicole, all I can think is, what if she's actually more into Nicole, right. but she has to pretend she's not? Because now it, it's even better where she's probably like, I wish I were just staring at her instead. <laughs> I've got so many questions about the way this is all set up. It makes no sense. Because you're 100% right. If anything, she should be like, let's make it a party, Nicole. <laughs> what? I don't know. What? Huh. Yeah, now I just wish there was a scene where she did hit on Nicole where I could have tipped it off, like, immediately. Instead of just the end where it's like, oh, you are a couple because you called her babe and you're in a towel. <laughs> Does she call her babe in the beginning? I feel like there's... I mean, I it's wild. She doesn't. It's just... it. It's literally just lesbian energy yeah. emanating through and the I'm screen. Just like, oh, could clearly, like, bear together. I just... It's so I, bizarre to me that that was even a concept. And I got more it's not even, to think, like, okay, why does this random yeah. person care about her life if they're not dating? Because she's clearly acting like her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But... I don't even think that the show was doing a stereotype or anything. I just no. feel like the, the energy permeated through the screen and immediately I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what's happening. No, not even a little bit. I mean, I, I, it's interesting, too, because I feel like he kind of reacts weirdly about that whole thing where it's like, I can't believe you do this to me. But it's like, dude, you should just be like... Sorry, I didn't... But also, like... Alright, I, I was saying it before. Let's he should feel bad it. for her that she she felt she needed to do that in the first place. Also, I just was like, this is some real full-service managing. Because, like, he not <laughs> only, like, says hello to her and everything, he, like, takes her on a little date and they, like, hook up in the pool. That's a pretty yeah. extreme thing for the manager. It's kind of almost, like, a little bit um, unethical <laughs> for him to be mm-hmm. romancing women at the hotel he manages, but okay. I love it, because the whole thing is... Uh, so Brittany Daniels' character says, you know, me and my publicist were going to dinner and you should sh- show up with us, basically. And she does not invite Nicole at all, which is ridiculous. But again, she's probably trying to fight temptation. <laughs> and then when he gets there, it's the, it's the bait and switch where her, her publicist is like, oh, I'm going out with friends. But really, oh, right. she's just setting up to get the, the photo That must up, be where really. I really like. I mean, I definitely thought even in the beginning that they were dating, but like that was where it was like the way she talks about her and like leaves the room. I was very confused, because it, 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 it reeks of, like, I mean, the lesbian equivalent of cucking, which is basically... <laughs> I was like, wait, I, what? 
<laughs> like she's. I think it, she's. I believe it's just cucking. Also, okay. I wasn't sure. It's there's not, like a, another. There's not a lesbian term for cucking, as far as I know. Because I thought cuck was like, like a specific word for. I don't, don't want to get into it, but either way, she basically, <laughs> she basically sets him up on a date with her girlfriend, which is very clear if you're watching this show with two eyes. <laughs> but like the show is like wink, 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 wink. They're just they're just business partners, not real life partners. And so she she goes off, and they're they're on this little like would be date. Um... Of course, you get Harry Morgan, like, winking at him, like, tough life he got. <laughs> it's just like, Jesus Christ. But again, and, I mean, the other is- obvious thing is that she lays it on so thick, at the same time, she's also trying to get Jason back with Nicole. She's like, you should get back with this girl. Yeah, Tell very, me all about this situation. It's very interesting. Which I kind of like. Like, I actually yeah. really appreciate. That's a character I mean, that I've seen before, too. Like, I feel like I can't think of where it's from. Uh, but... but- it's a very specific it, kind of character where it's sort of like, I'm going to date you, but I think you should get back with your wife. <laughs> uh, like, it's like on Vampire Diaries with Rose and Damon where she's like, I, I love you, but also you're in love with Elena. Very similar to that, yeah. Or, there's like some movies that are like that too, I think. It's just mm. ba- basically like, I realize I'm not the love of your life, but I hope that I can get you back with the person who is because I care about you. Like well, really I just rewatched a, Definitely Maybe and yes, that's exactly. Rachel Weiss's character. And it's very, it's very, um... I appreciate those types of characters because it's very self-actualized. Like, she doesn't need anything from him. She's having a good time. But also, like, they're adults and they can have a good time in the meantime. Like, it's not that also tipping their, yeah. their, his endgame by helping him in the meantime. That also tips her hand because she's the one who brings up Nicole. Despite the fact, as we are saying in the earlier scene, she completely ignores Nicole. You wouldn't think she would have, like, the awareness oh, of what Nicole was going or, on. Yeah. But she was obviously, she was she was taking note. She was taking note. Yes, she was. And so it's even more confusing, too, because she talks about, like, how they'll be, they're good together or whatever. She's trying to get, like, a, a good ring on, like, what they're like together. But I do think that, like, the whole, so the, the, the scene where you have James Remar, like, winking at him, like, tough life you've got there to have to, like, entertain this woman is, like, what the show was sold on. I feel like that pitch right there is, like, this guy having mm-hmm. to, like, wine and dine guests of his rich hotel is basically what the premise of the show is supposed to be. But the show mm-hmm. almost kind of gets off of that track pretty quickly because it's sort of like, nah. Because if we did this every episode, it'd be really hard to take seriously, if that makes yeah. sense. It kind of comes across like a... Like, I could see some other shows that are like that. I can't think of what, what I'm thinking of well, per not- se, but like, kind of what you said, like the mountain or something, where it's like people work at a hotel yeah. and they're trying to keep the guests there. Mm-hmm. But they all leave eventually. Exactly. Yeah, but what works here is just the reveal that she's not even into him anyway because she's a lesbian. But not every episode could just have the reveal. Oh, turns out she was a lesbian the whole time. I mean, listen, I mean, sign it could. me up. Sign me up. That sounds like a great show. I actually, I, I do want to watch that show. She was a lesbian the whole time. Yeah, Maybe I mean, she should just write that. Honestly, I don't think women should have to do all the work, but it would probably resolve a lot of like basic shit. I'm just like dealing with. <laughs> Because, like, even just her relationship with him is, like, brief and, like, pretty much 100% superficial, but she does a lot to, like, help resolve the ongoing tension. Because she's basically not... She has no dog in the fight, literally. Like, she just doesn't care how how things go. She just wants the best for them. So, like, I feel like some guys can only take that kind of opinion from people they're, like, potentially gonna date. So it's almost like... It's like if you could could hook up with your therapist while you were having therapy... (laughs) Some guys would be way like, more interested like Beck in, in the show therapy. You, <laughs> yeah, with John basically, Stamos. Basically, uh, but also this Brittany Daniel character is kind of like 
uh, retribution for her, her character in Dawson's Creek Eve, oh, who yeah, was yeah. a terrible version of this. Yeah. And this is like oh, the good version God. of this. Yeah. And okay, so from, from that awful, well, from that awful, from that niceness, we cut to the awfulness that is two pros just jet skiing, you know? <laughs> yes, two. Uh, so the music here. By episode two, they start getting better music. Like, when they play spitting games, I'm like, finally, they're playing some, some good music. Yeah. But they're playing some really bad, obscure music. I realized during the season, I'm like, this has to be Simple Plan, right? And it is. And it's a B-side that was what? never released until, like, the 15th anniversary album. Oh, I didn't even A B-side called Vacation. Plan. Yeah. I, like, I, do, I do not know what this song is, but I'm like, this is... It's definitely Simple Plan, is what I realized from the, the voice. So I had to Google some of the lyrics, so yeah. let me give everybody who hasn't watched this episode a little bit of a visual of what this scene is like. It's just like, first of all, I thought, I thought for at first it might have been Jason and, and uh, uh, Daniel. Frankie. Now, jet skiing, but the closer you get, you're like, oh, it's mm-hmm. two guys. And then they come, like, yeah. zooming up off the jet skis onto the shore, which is an incredibly bad way to, to beach a jet ski as someone who has Wavefront. <laughs> like, when you go in and out of a Waverunner, you don't do it like that. Like, I don't know what they were trying for. I mean, you can beach it like that, but that's, mm-hmm. like, incredibly bad for the engines and yeah. stuff. Like, Rob was... Riggle would be disappointed at them. Because basically they come flying out of the water and they, like, go flying up onto the beach. And then they obviously stop because they can't go on the beach. But, like, usually you just, like you know, leave them out floating if it's near, like, a dock or a bay, or they, like, slowly mm-hmm. move it in and stop it. So Because you're going to get sand all in the engine. Ugh. But so, either way... Um, the, <laughs> Jesus. The that was the, the most random rant. But it's 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 the setup to how shitty these guys are. That's why I'm saying, as someone who... Oh, I'm not God. even, like, a surfer, but has, like, a I, very tangential mm. relationship to people mm. who care about that stuff. They just... It's very, it's very clear that, like, this these guys don't give introduction... a Introduction... This introduction for a character who's going to be a series regular and is supposed to be a good guy, I don't, I, it's, I don't understand the logic behind it's it. It's basically, so this scene, if I'm going to try and give you a visual version of it, it's just like, imagine two guys hopping off of jet skis that have just been beached aggressively. They pop open their safety vest, and he's like, money, money, Wall Street, Wall Street, bond trading's where it's at, bro. <laughs> That's basically the whole scene. It's like, just that. And don't forget bitches. bitches. There's also bitches. It's just like... <laughs> Oh, God. And then the one guy just, he isn't as vocal about it, but he definitely is, like, laughing and, like, ha And that's, Same that's Chris, a.k.a. Dimples. Yeah. So the two of them are like, whoa. And he, like, it's a really weird shot, too, because he, like, sees something down the beach. He's like, whoa, look at that. And then, like, cuts away to some completely separate scene. <laughs> well, the, the, the whoa, look at that is at, it's at Nicole. That, that That's what the that is. I They're know, checking out Nicole. But, like, it's like she's so far away. It's a weird scene. <laughs> it's not even, it's bizarre. And so eventually well, they come. How can you miss her in all, her all-white pantsuit? Which is, again, great. <laughs> True. And it was, it was also this scene where I'm just like, this is such a weird ensemble show. <laughs> Why are we focusing on these characters? Yeah. It's bizarre. And so, um... MJ doesn't is talking to Nicole about how this is who they see and they like stop in their tracks over how hot Nicole is, and MJ's like I don't like that you blew off Jason. It's not cool. They're all clearly Team Jason on the uh, yeah. Team Chris Christopher. Yes, because of uh, Jason's friends, Nicole has actually met MJ before. And Momoa is so. the same. Like he's chill. He's nicer than. MJ is, but he's also clearly like... He, he's, he's like, I'm Team Jason. Yeah. He just makes it clear. Yeah, and then uh, in addition to that, we get like a fourth plot that gets set up as well, or Raha... The Lamborghini? Yeah, Raha is um, uh, I guess like some kind of a wealthy businessman. It's not very clear what Yeah, he he's like a, a Deepak Chopra situation. Is he? Yeah, they're like, what? he's a guru. That makes no sense! That makes even less sense! 
Yeah, that's the thing. But he's but he's a piece of shit. God damn it! That makes me even more mad because he's claiming he's furious that his Lamborghini isn't there. He's so stressed out. He really needs a drive in his Lamborghini to chill out. That's like his whole frustration is like, I need my Lamborghini. Yes. I need to be able to take a ride in it and de-stress myself, which is the yes. He says, I've ever I, I, I wrote it down. I need to take my Lamborghini for a spin, and I want it by nine tonight. <laughs> but what? So like when you're saying he's Deepak Chopra, the guests here are the like worst. He's like a stupid, like uptight, like bonds trader. He's literally just like supposed to be someone who's good at keeping his chill. So it makes no sense. Yes. God damn it. So he's furious, doesn't have his Lamborghini, and now the whole it's like it's almost like a, uh, a Chiron comes flying down, and it's Nicole. It's like mission to get the Lamborghini starts now. Yes, because his actual Lamborghini is back in LAX. They hear that it's stuck at the airport. Eventually, it's revealed it's not our airport; it's LAX. Uh oh, yeah. what are we gonna do? Her solution is to buy another Lamborghini and paint and it, paint it, and give it to him, which is insane. That's how. That's insane. Like, how much... But also, I, I haven't noticed, like, damn, Jason just tells Nicole to get to Stefan. He really, like, at this point, he's just done with her. It's like, you escalated <laughs> immediately. But how much is a Lamborghini? That's so much money to buy a Lamborghini. Like, I'm so confused. It's like, I, or just to rent, but also, the way he ends up driving it is insane, but and... They're not renting so... it, though, are they? I don't know, she but it. he's gonna crash that. You can't paint a rental. What? I'm so confused. I mean, like, I don't even know. It's very confusing the whole situation. Again, but also, she's like a billion dollar princess, so. Oh, maybe <laughs> she's taken out of her own. Yeah, that makes more sense, maybe. Because yeah, it makes sense. Because she, cause she paid with the checks, right? To buy a Lamborghini. Yeah. That's gonna be like a hundred thousand dollar car. I'd imagine. She, she could do it. <sighs> and also, because. Because then he'll think it's his car, and then he'll go back to L.A., and his car will be there. So she could have a Lamborghini now, so well, there she, you go. I, that's what I was thinking. That's what's going to happen. They'll think He'll think his car is his car, and they can just sell that one back. But they did change the color. So they have to buy it in the meantime, which is crazy. But I guess they can put down some money, and then I'll have to spend the whole amount. I, I don't, they don't get into logistics, but it's a wild way to solve the problem. <laughs> Instead of just saying, hey, you're an adult human being. Let me get someone else's Lamborghini for you for the night. Couldn't they just say that to this man? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> or any other car there. It's just so stupid. It's so we stupid. don't work in the concierge world, but it is. It's one of those things where I'm like, is this one of those stories where it actually happened? You know, with, with, with a, like they talked to a consultant or something, and something like this actually happened. I don't know. I, it makes me livid. Like stories like that make me really hard to sympathize with the characters. But she has no wall. She wants to do well at this job. So she wants to basically figure out a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. And so she's willing to, like, maybe put her own money up to make sure she keeps the job. Because it's heavily implied that if she doesn't handle this, she's going to fuck up on her first day and she'll probably get fired. Um, yeah. Not, maybe not, like, directly, because I don't think James Ramor is that crazy, but he's certainly, like, looking at this as an example for her to prove herself mm-hmm. and how she'll be as an employee. Yeah. And um, so she's already kind of stressed with that. Um, she's dealing with that. She's gonna I, and I'm dealing with so much shitty music in this show. So much shitty music. I... It, 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 got, it got better in episode two, and I'm sure as like, as the season goes on, I'm sure the music got better, but it was like, again, this is early 2000s. There's a lot of good music in TV in early 2000s, really. Or at least, it, even if you wouldn't call it good music, it's like, it's music you know that says a specific vibe. I don't know what the vibe of the show is based on this music. Again, like I'm saying, there's a simple plan B-side I had never heard. 
the music is it's so weird. It's not your early 2000s, like, oh, I'm getting the memories. Because there's a lot of shows, obviously, you know, OC is the obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, as always, like, Fastlane, even Life As We Know It, you, like, you remember all of those songs and you can feel a specific way. That's not the case here, really. And that's why, like, episode two, it got better. Snow Patrol spinning games, like, finally, you have good music. I will say later in the episode, I'll bring up a point. I do like the one scene with the, the surf montage, which is pretty decent. Yeah. But we'll get to that later on. Uh, yeah, they, it, it, episode two also has Grant Lee Phillips. So, like, they got better. Yeah, <laughs> but, and I feel like they, just, they, they spent all their money on one or two songs in this episode, where the next episode, they've kind of paced themselves or had more money to spend yeah. or something. For sure. Um, uh, yeah, I think the music definitely gets better as the season progresses, but it's just so weird. Again, a, a simple plan B-side I'd never heard truly. is insane. And so, so <laughs> That's she, insane. she's basically saying, like, I'm going to handle this on my own without you. Um, by that, she means go to help, go to ask Momo for help because she can't handle it herself. Yes. So she goes and helps the, has the other Jason to help. And um, he has a cousin. She hears that his cousin has a body shop or his relative has a body shop a friend um who who paint the car for a quick notice so she has a lamborghini she just needs it red how does she even know what color red i guess they have a picture from the other one it's very yeah i think they i think she probably contacted someone and they figured it out yeah so they go get the paint color matched and she's he says to her and again little touches of where, like, this show could be decent, where he's like, we have a saying for that in Hawaiian, and he says the Hawaiian equivalent, and he's like... He speaks Hawaiian, and it's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's like, uh, take it easy, or something like that, and she was like, I was like, racist? <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> like, why would you automatically assume he's gonna say some casual, like, hangout term, which he doesn't? He says, no, it means you're screwed. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I love it. Because he's like... I'll look into it, but he's like, there's no way it's going to work. It's crazy. And so she's like, listen, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. And she also tries to say to him, like, listen, you don't know the whole story between me and um, Christopher. Like, he's like, something happened that broke my heart at the same time that broke his heart. So that's not really a good explanation because we do know she ditched him. So, like, no matter what happened, it's in her... It's her fault, like, at the end of the day, which she tries to explain later on, and it's still a bullshit excuse, so I think- It's still something she could have told him. Yes, easily. <sighs> so, so she's like, I want to talk to him and settle this, because she's thinking the same thing, like, everyone's got all these preconceived notions about our relationship, we gotta talk this over. So, she talks to, to Christopher, and she's like, listen, we gotta have drinks tonight or talk tonight and discuss what happened. Um, also, this is around the point where I realized that Christopher, uh, Christopher Morgan's dad is not Harry Morgan. <laughs> so, basically, the... But yeah, his dad's kind of hot, though, I will say that. Yeah, so, like, suddenly he's, like, going over to see his dad. I was like, what? Then I had, like, this, like, literally, like, a moment flashback. Like, like it's almost like a full, like... <laughs> oh my god! Your dad you, makes you... surfboards! Because I say that earlier, and I was like, what does James Remar have time to make surfboards? I literally thought that earlier. <laughs> but I felt like... <laughs> <laughs> he, he did that, and then, like, he, he moved on to imagine and owning this hotel. But then I find out later, like, no, literally, his dad makes surfboards. This is a separate man. His father is, like, basically <laughs> the Hawaiian equivalent to a mechanic, although there are cars in Hawaii. But, like, the way they're talking about him is, like, he's, like, kind of, like, he's retired, I think. But, like, he, his dad is, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's sort of, like, he's the... 
he's a humbling experience for him to go back they to act like he's a bum again he, uh, uh, i looked it up the character his whole thing is that he was a professional surfer and now he's retired and he makes surfboards I mean, that's not bad at all professional surfers are not exactly broke depending on the situation so i'm confused yeah because the other thing that uh, the show does, it makes it, because uh, Gabriel is not just a lifeguard, he's also trying to become a pro surfer, too. So uh, that's, he goes that's, to the father. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I don't even begrudge anybody who was. Maybe he was just, like, a, a townie who never did anything more than that. That's fucking great. You're living in Hawaii and making surfboards on the beach. Sounds like a great, sounds like he's having the best time of his fucking life. Mm-hmm. Everyone else sounds is like stressing out well. about waiting tables and shit. Like, he's doing and just also, fine. His business, they're using it to, like, help get MJ some notoriety with her clothing, too. So, he's doing well, obviously. It's It's all bullshit. They act like the father (laughs) is, like, literally, like, it's the equivalent of, like, in the scenes from Making a Murder where they cut to the father and he's, like, barely able to move a car engine and he's, like, shaking. Like, he's destitute. It's just, like, no. He's, like, surfing or, uh, sanding down some surfboards Hanging out, having a good time. He does give him some shit, like, he's like, hey, when's the last time you paddled out? Which I was like... So basically his father is Brody from Point Break. He's basically just like, uh, you have to go out and see the waves, man. It shows that you haven't gone out recently. It's like, okay, alright, let's come But out. Jason is an FBI agent, so yeah. he can't go do something. Listen, man, we've all got stuff, we've all got demons, but I got, I've got stuff I've got to do. And so he's just very, like, <laughs> clearly... Of a different mindset of the quote-unquote island than um, Jason and the whole staff at the, the hotel. His sell-out son. But it's bullshit because I have a very... Yeah, it's not like he's giving his son shit either. It's not, they're not even doing that whole thing. He's just saying that his son looks stressed. Yeah, which is fair. But, like, it's just sort of like they're treating him like he's this, like... Like you're saying, like a bum. And it's like, but he's doing fine. And if anything, he's the one who's like, you look like a bit of a bum right now. You seem stressed out. Like... What? And also, yeah. like, everyone who works at the hotel probably does the same fucking thing in their spare time. I almost feel like it's a scenario where he's nouveau riche, Jason, so he owns yeah. this big giant house where all these people stay. Like, give me that person. Like, uh, like yeah, a that makes never sense. He's Kristen. letting it. Like, that's yeah. what I want. Because basically. He's letting his friends live in yes. his big house because he doesn't know what to do exactly. with it. Exactly. Like, I would buy that. For sure. Even, like, a Bodhi. Like, basically, he's just somebody who has, like, a little cult of people who are like, i am got my people, I'm, I'm taking care of them, I floated up to be the rich one, they're not all rich yet, but I'm gonna help them try and do their best. Like, okay. But, like, they're still treating him like he's, like, a schlub. And it's like, no. And, like, even when he goes to see his father, it's very much just, like, the kind of thing where they go, any of those random shows or, or like, you know, Prodigal Son Returns or whatever... It's sort of like if he had to go back to see his father, and his father's this, like, sad, like, broke, or, like, drunk or something. He's fine. He's just, like, an adult man having a good yeah. time making surfboards. And Which we've definitely seen a lot of on this podcast. This is like, I'm so sad, and I'm a bum now. Ugh, how, how could you leave me behind? But no, his dad's fine. Yeah, his dad's <laughs> actually more concerned for him than he is for his dad, which I think is kind of a twist, which I liked. I just got reminded of how soapy the show got, because obviously... It, it's more grounded than you would expect, really. But that's also part of the problem. Why they introduced like Tessa, and then later, like I said, they introduced Shannon Jordy because you're like, we have to, we have to step it up. You know, we have to make it super soapy. And so, looking uh, reminded me that at one point MJ's former boyfriend shows up and he tries to win her back by kidnapping her. 
There were she ends no, up being I, rescued by Chris and Gabriel. I feel like there are some major red flags in the second episode where like there's certain scenes of Tessa where it's like Yes, and her, her, her shitty yeah, boyfriend. Or yeah. Her shitty her. boyfriend, just like guy. Yeah, ex- her shitty ex-boyfriend yeah. too. And she makes it clear she's done with him numerous times and he's like, Nope, I love you, and also I'm gonna abuse you. But it's you. A weird. Those scenes are very bizarre and they are very atonal yeah. to the rest of the show. So maybe that's what the show is going for if for not for the fact the other characters are like in those scenes too, or at least in part of those scenes, I would think they shot all those scenes separately. Yeah. And so well when we bring up the dad, like I'm not even trying to dwell on the dad, like it's just kinda of like a little one off scene. But they set it up to be this big deal that he's going home. But of course, in my notes, I'm like, well, he says, when's the last time you paddle out? And he's like, it shows. I was like, okay, so like, count down to the end of the episode where he goes out and paddles for the first time in a while, because that's basically what's going to mm-hmm. happen, and sure yep. enough, that's exactly what happens, which is- Paddles out with his it's daddy. It's pretty, like, standard, like, you know, rich dude left his home, goes back to his home, realize. You know what it's similar to? It's like, it reminds me of um, Just Friends a little bit, too. Like, very, like- goes back to, like, the quote-unquote family, and he's, like, embarrassed of the family, and his family is not that embarrassing, to be honest, in this situation, at least. Like, he's made it, he's made it, and he's confused about how his two worlds are going to collide, but it seems like they're coexisting just fine. In fact, they're pretty much the same. If anything, though, it's just a little weird that he's now a little more surfer bro-y, because it would make more sense Mm -hmm. if he, like, grew up on the island to be more, like, I don't know, like, in tune to that idea because it's not like he's someone who lived in like Honolulu because there are people who live in Hawaii who don't have like Hawaiian like dialect in their voice or whatever but if you literally your dad is a surfer who's like hey when's the last time you paddled out you're probably gonna have a little bit of like a difference in how you say certain things and he doesn't have that at all he just has like the the physical vibe of like yeah I could see him being a surfer um, but he, he's still kind of like, not today, dad, not today. <laughs> and so he leaves. <laughs> we do get this excellent surf montage to Megalomaniac, which is where they spent all of the money, um, for Incubus. Yeah, definitely. And because, again, because it, it also, it, there's really no reason to have a song other than it was just, this was a big song at the time. They, they played the opening much longer than the opening actually is. And they, like, they barely get into the beginning of the actual song lyrically when they it's do It's great, it. though. Like, my notes are just like, I could it watch, like, a whole show that was just this. Like, this is closer to like, what I want to show. Yeah. But again, it's what I'm saying about the, the music of the era. It, like, it takes you back. And just that song right there... It was it already made the episode better. Just doing yeah, that. and then the surfing montage but the, again because the rest of the music is so and bad. The surfing montage is good. Like it's good surfing scenes. Like it's not the kind of thing where like sometimes like if you've ever if you're ever someone who has lived through life and had to sit through endless summer, it can be very boring to watch some surfing stuff. Like even if you're watching like the X Games or some version where there's like a lot of surfing. Mm-hmm you kind of can get a little bored of it eventually, even if it's an extreme sport or it's an extreme surfing competition or something. But when you have, like, some cool incubus in the background, you got the surf going, it's better to watch in, like, little, like, five-minute increments or, like, four-minute increments like this. So, like, I wish that was more into the show. Maybe it does get more of that in the future, but, like, in this episode, it was sort of relegated to just, like, Gabriel blowing off some steam, surfing into Incubus. <laughs> but um, he surfs, he's like hanging out. Of course, Veronica sees him again. She's like waiting for him in his car. Oh, that's Leighton Meester's character. Leighton Meester's character it's of crazy. Veronica. And she's like basically like stalking yeah. him at this point. She gets like a, a taxi there because again, she's 15. She can't she drive. She a taxi there? Oh. Yeah. She was, not, she was in the backseat. I didn't notice that. That's horrifying. Yeah. Ugh. 
her character is a real predator. It's a real bad. Like, it's oh, I I, I quoted this uh, when he Gabriel says Veronica, you're 15. To which she says, haven't you heard? 15 is the new 21. <laughs> And I, again, I wrote you. So, I've got so many questions about how they set this character up, though. Because if she's uh, literally, like... She tries to call him gay. She's out to see him. That's fucking twisted behavior. I didn't realize that that was how severe it is. Like, who's doing that? And then he, again, rightfully says, like, I can't, you're 15. Like, that should be... As much as it's, like, okay... Part of me was annoyed that they were, like, saying it, like, that's the reason why, instead of just, like, I don't want someone who's fucking stalking me, like, a lunatic like this, but okay, they're gonna just make it clear, like, at the end of the day, you're 15, that is enough, the conversation has ended, you are not mm-hmm. someone I can date, that should be it. But she's like, don't you like girls? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, she tries to say, like, oh, you're good. He's like, yeah, once you are no, 18. No, he says, he says it in the soapy way possible, where he's like, yeah, one's old enough to vote. <laughs> It's like, oh! It's like, Jesus Christ. But, like, that's oh, that was the kind of stuff we're talking about, where it's like, okay, like, he does, he's pretty clear. I mean, like, he's clear the whole time. I just wish that they, they treated her more like the villain that she is. Like, yes, she is an underage girl, but she's stalking him, harassing him, and then eventually, like, basically being a predator and lying to try and get him in trouble. Like, she's a bad person, this- and they should deal with that. This show comes in hot with just well what what ultimately happened like wow that's that's what we're doing here and I don't even I don't even nowadays it's hard to watch this kind of shit because it's like it comes across like they're really trying to like send up the Me Too error by like giving the counter opinion but men do get harassed too in this situation it's very specific to like him kind of shutting it down but he still seems like he's conflicted. So, like, I could see why they're trying to claim that, but then the same thing can be said of some women that shut down guys. He's just trying to be exactly. a nice guy, which seems to be his and thing. So, like, he, he's actually a nice guy, and he doesn't want to hurt her feelings. And if you're holding the same standard, like, no. if he was a woman and a guy was stalking her this much, I'd be creeped out. So I have to hold the same standard to him. And it is abusive behavior, and she should be spoken with as if she is the predator that she is. Just because she's younger does not mean that it's not creepy behavior. And just because her mom is, like, the reason she's doing it for attention, like, we'll get to the point where later on the whole situation spins out of control. I don't think that it's fair to, like, claim, like, oh, she was doing it for this reason and, like, let her get off that simple. I feel like she should be punished in some way for what she would... She should definitely get a lot of therapy. They should therapy. Just be locked away from, they should be, like, um, what do you call it, like, blocked from coming back to the hotel, for fucking sure. But, I don't know if, uh, Harry Morgan would stand for that kind of money loss. But, so, uh, he, <laughs> he, again, brushes her off, like, get away from me, leaves. Uh, the Jet Ski Bros, uh, which is MJ's boyfriend, well, f- future boyfriend, and that creep who, um, well, who does this, <laughs> this creep, uh, both come up and, like, try and start hitting on Nicole. The one guy is not really as involved, but again, he is a silent, like, complicit person. Like, this guy's being creepy, and he's not stopping. Oh, yeah, we'll friend. talk about how he's yeah. complicit. So, the day come over, the guys who were just randomly jet skiing and talking about bond trading earlier, um, Reese, the one guy, asked out Nicole, she, I mean, like... He, well, Reese is, how I remember, recognize him, he's in the episode of Boy Beach World where Eric and Jack dress up like women. He's like the bookie, he's trying to beat them up. Oh, is he? Yes. I, thought I, yes. I thought I recognized him, but I, don't, I didn't think I knew him from anything specific when I looked over his IMDb. That was, that oh, was okay. it. That was <laughs> nothing else jumped out on his IMDb. I was like, well. But, um, so he, um, 
So he, huh, how do I describe him? He is like the kind of like smarmy bond a trader date where he comes McGee? up and he's like, "Hey, I need, I need, um, I need your help with something." Because she's the con, well, she's not the concierge; she's guest services. So she's like, "Sure, how can I help you?" Yeah. Which is again a weird commentary that they could go into more detail on, but kind of only uses for humor and like deflection. Even though he is creepy, like mm-hmm. they're not actually okay. I'm, I'm, I'm like talking. Yeah, this is supposed to just show how much of a badass MJ is, really. Right. Of so like, scene. okay. So they set up, this is the first of many scenarios in both this episode and the next episode where they treat the service staff as commodities or, or their own objects. Yeah. And that's a very real problem, especially, we mentioned, I mentioned Me Too, where it's like a lot of like the abuses of um, people who feel pressured to, to consent in certain situations. This is a real issue that people have written extensively on and in fact was like a major factor in the Me Too movement to start is the fact that like people in the service industries were being constantly taken advantage of because it's hard for them to say no mm-hmm. because they're supposed to be catering to the guest needs. So like these are real issues that they kind of touch on and then they throw them away. So like yes, they set up the fact that like he comes up to Nicole and he says, "Hey Nicole, I really want your help with something." She's like, "How can I help you, sir?" He's like, I- "I've seen this beautiful girl who works here. I want her number." And she's like, uh, okay. And he's like, it's you. And she's like, uh, no thanks. And immediately he's like, you too good for me? And it's like, gross. Yeah, he's like, what? You think you're too good for me? He, he gets and really M- aggressive And MJ comes in and just basically just, like, like growls at him. <laughs> the equivalent of growling at him. Yeah, she gives a speech to which I'm like, Nikki Delish is clearly Southern, and I looked it up, she's from Georgia. And they're acting like she grew up in Hawaii, oh, too, God with Lord. Jason. But she comes up and basically she is like, fuck off, so very clearly Shoot, Southern. Get out of there, scram. Like, very, very, like, gruff. Just sort of like, you're, you're the worst. But, like, as much as that kind of dealt with it and she sort of touches on certain things in the speech, uh, they don't really address, like, Chris. the common issue of, like, yeah, that's what it sucks being a woman in the service industry. No no commentary on that. Just sort of, like, shrug, guys, and, like, just that walks away. Like, he doesn't and get then, booted. They don't call the cops. No charges are pressed. It's well, creepy. I don't know. And then Dimples, Chris, is like, sorry, idiot frat buddy, which doesn't make you sound right. better. Like, why are you friend- Like, why are you spending time with this guy at and all? And it's not, like, luckily nothing seriously happens, but I will say, like, she is definitely in charge. She could definitely eject him from the area or, like, like pull mm-hmm. their reservation. Yeah, she's like, I should have cut you off, like, ages ago, basically, yeah, he claims says. the guy's drunk. I'm like, they were just jet skiing. They're not that mm-hmm. drunk. They literally walked off from the jet, right? Am I wrong in thinking? He doesn't seem any, like, different than how he was during the jet skiing, honestly. He's just now attacking a woman. you can't really jet ski. I mean, I'm sure people do it, but you're not supposed to be able to jet ski drunk because it's basically like driving a motorcycle or a bike. It's very dangerous if you're drinking. And then, well, later, Chris even says that Reese is always a jerk, even when he's mm. sober. So, again, that does not speak highly Why of you. Why are you friends with him? But either way, it just, again, I don't expect every single interaction with, like, shitty men to result in them being directly ejected from where they're working or doing things. But I will say, like, for a show that touches on a lot of issues, it never, like, rings the bell of saying, like, this is the problem, is that, like, I have to cater to these men, and they feel like they can take advantage of me. Because the same thing happens to Tessa in the next episode, and they run it off, like, it's a strength of hers, of how to, like, cater to a man who wants to abuse his, his position of power. Tessa, and also the unnamed uh, masseuse, oh, right. which we'll yes. discuss that too. So, like, well, that's really and, like, awful. These are really common things that, like, it's like, okay, it's like if you keep trying to, like, uh, open uh, a door and it's shocking you, you're going to figure out what's shocking you instead of just figuring out a way to prop the door open. People could still get shocked. Like, it's just, it's not a good 
scenario where it's like we're not going to address the actual problem we're just going to acknowledge that it happened <laughs> like it's stupid so either way it's just part of it's just a fact I, of life we're gonna have to deal with sadly it now, I guess. it's very true especially in 2004 mm-hmm. but i just now watching it nowadays i would have hoped that someone could have like st- this whole thing is <sighs> terrifying to watch yeah, like, honestly if this was nowadays if her boyfriend i don't remember his name but like the, the frat bro didn't pull aside the Reese guy and say like, "What the fuck's your problem? Get away from me!" I feel like he would never. Have yeah, stayed on the, the show. fact he doesn't, he really doesn't do anything. And yeah, the character's name is Chris, which I don't. I feel like we don't learn until episode two. But I'm just gonna call him Dimples. Yeah. And honestly, you can call him Riley Finn if you like, want. He doesn't even like stop necessarily stop being friends with that guy. For all we know, like he may still very well be friends yeah. with him. He says he's a shitty guy and he's always like that. But are you saying you stop talking to him because I don't hear that? It sounds like you're just making an excuse. And that's it. That's, like, not a good reason to date someone, though. And I, and I feel like we, in general, we have a good sense of the relationship to uh-huh. these characters. Except for, because, again, the, Chris is a character who was originally just supposed to be a guest star and then became a regular. In episode two, uh, Momoa's Frankie is like, Chris is a good guy. I've known him. Like, what? You didn't interact with him at all in this episode. And now you know him well enough to know he's a good guy. Because apparently this Chris guy has been around... For a year, and he's just meeting MJ. It makes no sense. I mean, I like how they eventually do kind of interact in the sense, like, they see each other at, like, the watering hole kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just uncanny yeah. that they would spend an entire year not ever seeing each other and then mm-hmm. finally interacting based off of and that this was his intro. Yeah. Like, what a horrible... If they yeah. have, I mean, like, it's the kind of shit, like, if I ever dated someone and that was my introduction to them... I'd need them mm-hmm. to, like, really make up for it because, like, you don't want to like, tell that story mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Like, how'd you meet? Oh, you know, my, my husband's shitty friend tried to, like, shitty attack my, my co-worker and I, I stopped it. She, yeah. she stopped it and he did nothing. And then we met yeah, each other later. Yeah, the shitty friend who would be his best man in his wedding, oh, probably, God. honestly. And so, like, the thing is, it's not even just, like, it'd be shitty enough if, like, he his introduction was stopping his friend and saying, I'm so sorry. She's the one that stops it. Very Like, it's very clear. He has almost no say in it. He just kind of shrugs, like, sorry, and then leaves. It's... He does, he does literally shrug when he says, sorry, idiot frat buddy. Like, literally any other shrugs. show, he, ne- he was a day player who'd never be seen again. <laughs> like, he didn't have alerts. How did they fall in love with him? I don't know. I don't know. What is the truth? Oh my god. Anyway, so she she's like, all right, I'm in, I'm interested, but like she doesn't actually say anything to him. She just sort of makes eyes. Like he is cute though. And so they leave. And later on, we find out more. Just that, you know, Jason's taking um, Brittany Denny out for her night of partying. Mm-hmm. Yes, because her. Her girlfriend, I mean, we've already talked about it. Her girlfriend is like, I'm not actually going to this dinner with you. You got tricked into a fake date. It's so confusing. But the more I think about it, yes. the more I was like, I, I literally had a moment where I'm like, but I, why would she set her up on a date if they're not? I know we liked, obviously we talked about it just uh, when we were watching The Inferno and just like, oh, these two women are in love. But like, again, immediately... I just I, I we we both we both separately clocked lesbian I know, energy. I love that. Oh my god. That the, the show was not focusing on really. Honestly, well, I mean, I don't. It's confusing too because like I guess maybe my main introduction. You mentioned that she's been other stuff. To me, Brittany Daniel is usually Carmen from It's Always Sunny, and she in that in that scenario uh, was a trans woman. She was always dating a guy, so like I can see how people might think like, okay, well. 
I can understand she... She lays it off Yeah, here, like, yeah. I understand, like, she's definitely has, like, quote-unquote secret in the way she's talking to him. But it's, like, I'm ready for her to date Matt. It's not, like, even, like, a scenario where, like, it's, like, I can understand maybe if we were feeling like we were being a little bit, like, okay, Marla Latoya, you're, like, really kind of, like, laying in on thick because you show up with, like, I don't even know, like, Lena Waithe shows up on a show and she starts, like, I'm gonna go date you, Jason, and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, it's not, this is Lena Waithe. <laughs> it's not, it's not like Brittany Daniel usually plays a queer woman, right. so it's not like that would be something to some degree. I mean, I would say, like, I don't know how she would technically identify in It's Always Sunny, but, like, generally, she's usually dating men, is all I'll say. So it's just yes. odd for me to be like, wait a minute. I mean, on the show, technically, she was dating a closeted gay man, so, like, there's more to it. But, like, <laughs> generally speaking, she was not the person who was ever usually, like, doubting her attraction to men. Yeah. A lot of it is usually about, you know, her sexuality towards, like, a man. Again, I... Or a boy, as I, again, I opened Dawson Leary and I Dawson mean, she's Street Jessica Wakefield, the Eve saga. That's how I also knew her from before It's Always Sunny. But, like, mm-hmm. more recently, she's always played pretty much heterosexual women. And so it's just very odd to just be like, let's just pretend like there's no major red flag. I, I seriously had never even heard of this show. And before I even, like, saw the last scene, I was like, clearly they're dating. So, like, it's not subtle. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> So, it's such a bizarre choice. So, they're partying, and Leighton Meester herself also wants to party, because it's supposed to be, like, a real party fest down down the uh, Well, she's having issues because her mom is, like, talking about how she's she, she's met this rich guy, and basically her mom, sa- her mom literally says, just don't come back here too early, because her mom's trying to get it in, like, pretty much. You're, like, a billionaire then, mother. Just get two I, then, rooms. Just get two rooms. Then I wrote, yeah, I wrote my notes, no wonder she's like this. <laughs> and then Leighton, like, grabs... A small bottle of alcohol. What is a mini bar bottle of alcohol? Tequila shooters, and then like runs out like fuck you, mom. (laughs) It's like oh, she's really gonna show it to her now. Like it's weird because I love Leighton (laughs) Meester. Like she's great. Oh, I love Leighton Meester. She has this is an insane character character to play. She's very very uninteresting and very very. Like, what is she supposed to do? There's nothing here for her. She's playing as it's written. I mean, it's just what it is. But, like, she's unredeeming in every aspect, so it's hard to watch. So she comes running out, breaks into, like, literally, it's insane. She shows up at Gabriel's, well, we should say before this, Nicole. Which, how does she find out yeah, where Gabriel's Nicole, is? Nicole, in the meantime, way? is getting the, the, uh, what do you call it? The Lamborghini painted. The she, painted with she the Frankie, She tries to triple his price. He doesn't want to hear it, but she sees they're all gambling, so she's like, let's just play for it. Uh, that all white <laughs> outfit, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep pointing and it out. And even then, like, so let good. me just say, besides, again, the three service workers that we've seen that are her native Hawaiian, now we have one other person who's technically not, like, a quote-unquote service worker, but they're, what, gambling in, like, an underground poker game? Like, they're it's playing craps. <laughs> They're playing afterwards. I, I hate the way the show portrays, uh, portrays all the native Hawaiians. And then she she, she kills it. She, yeah. she rolls so a seven. Like, oh, gotta go paint this Lamborghini. Because he's basically like, you gotta hear. Where does she get perfect at dice yeah. rolling, by the way? Again, the show wants and to be Las and Vegas. Like, a, like, basically, he's like, well, I can't do it tonight. I'll do it tomorrow. Like, it's the worst conflict I've ever heard. <laughs> he, he's like, it's five minutes to close. But, although the point was that they would do it so after like, hours. Why was I it think the, oh, is, I have so many questions. So many fucking questions. So either way, he agrees to do it. They paint the car, woohoo. And then um, Meester... She plays him triple yeah. what they would and pay. And so Meester yeah. breaks into Gabriel's house somehow. She, But, like, isn't he living amongst all these people? I have so many questions. I don't I don't think he's with them. I think he's I've by himself. I've got so many questions. 
So I guess the scenario is that it's just Jason Momoa. So Jason and Jason Momoa. And and Jason and Jason. J and J. J and J are all living together? Question mark? It's yeah. super unclear. Or also Gabriel is technically there and they're just not home yet if they're all out partying. I don't know. But either way. I mean, yeah, they're all not. They're all at work still, actually. Like, so that actually makes sense if it is just Gabriel. Because otherwise, at like. Home. Of the they're all out. Them, technically, Gabriel should be the brokest because he's just a lifeguard. Yeah, he probably is living with him because it, it makes sense. MJ, we know, is still at work. Uh, Momoa is with uh, Nicole, and Jason yeah. is with so Brittany it's Daniel. Probably he's the only one home. Somehow she got the address. Yeah, but even then, I'd be like, that's a horrible. Uh, if you knew he lived there, there's a chance she knows that he lives with all these people. Because if you're getting that kind of information, someone might have said, like, yeah, they, li- they all live together yeah. up on this road, you know, from the from the place. Mm-hmm. How, first of all, how'd she get there? I guess another taxi, which is crazy. So second of all, it's one thing to break into a person's house, which is a very dangerous and awful thing to do. But to break into a house, a multi-house, with, like, four other people living there that you don't know, that's a dangerous game to play. Like, she's real crazy. Like, this is a bad... Like, <laughs> let me just, like, break into a hotel room and you don't know who's gonna be there. That's a dangerous roll of the dice, is all I mean. It's like, it's a gamble, and so she goes yeah. and lucks out. He's the only one home, or he is doesn't alone. Either way, it's really creepy. She, like... What does she... She, like, tries to, like, get in and, like, I guess breaks her... Hurts her arm or her leg or something? Knee? She hurts her knee, yeah. She cuts her... She, like, she, I think she trips because she's in the fucking dark as she's... <laughs> How'd she get in? Was a window open or something? I have so many questions. Do they, like, leave these know. doors unlocked? I don't know the, I don't know the layout so of their stupid. home. And so he's, I don't know, he's, like, asleep or he's, like, in the other room and then he comes running out, like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's and some... she's, like, bleeding or, like, bleeding or hurt. And he's, like, what the hell yeah. is going? Like, truly horrified. Right. he's gonna, t- he's gonna tend to her, but she's, like... So, do you want to it's do so it or confusing. not? And then she she removes her top, and again, like literally, she's a child. Okay, we need to set this up very clearly. So she like she's in the other room. He hears a bang. He comes running in. She's like hunched over a little bit, like holding her knee or, or bleeding. Did she like? Do you like bang yeah, into a bike? Yeah, and then she looks up and she's like, <laughs> "Which is hilarious, oh, actually." Like, what the fuck are you? Like he's in quote, <laughs> in paraphrasing. He's like, "What are you doing here?" And she's like. Do you want to get with me or not? And then just drops her top. It's crazy. She says, "Do she says, do you want to do it or not?" Because she's that's a child. Insane. What a proposition! Like, and nothing more says that you're a child, and you think that that's gonna really like slam dunk it. Like, and she removes her top, and it goes to commercial. And then when it comes back from commercial, it's, she puts the top back on because he's apparently these cuts said, are, no. These cuts are very, again, very she's weird a child cuts, because it's not just that, like they abruptly are on the bed and he's like carrying her after her wound. She, like, immediately kisses him, like, instantly. Like, they barely are sitting there, like, a second, and then yeah. she tries to kiss him again. I'm like, she should have just tried that when they were both standing like, no. up. I don't understand. But so she takes that time to try yeah. and kiss him, he's like, whoa, stop it. This is the point where I was like, once yeah. he, like, pushes her away from that, I'm like, good. He's never gonna really... Because that was the point where I'm like, they could have still yeah. kind of been like, but he's into it secretly. No. But he's clearly not into it at all. And I even remember my notes. This is upsetting, even though I know that, like, Leighton was actually 18 at the time. It just, it's, uh, it's so, uh, makes my, like, like, I'm shivering, basically. Yeah, and so we should be more clear, and I will put something at the beginning of this episode. He, she assaults him. Like, she kisses him without yes. any consent. He's creeped out. He tells her to stop. We he's really need to do, like, a trigger warning for, for this entire plot. Pretty because... much. 
and it, the way it goes too is yeah. It's not luckily too aggressive in the sense that, like she just basically kisses him, but he definitely is creeped, it's, and he's she curious. barely gets a chance to actually kiss him. Like yeah. he is off like, immediately, and he's. He's nice. Like, he's trying to be, like, playing it off nice, but he's still, like, get away. And so then she leaves. And you think that's the end of it, because, of course, that's in a crazy situation. Like, let me just say, too, like, on top of all this, I don't think this has a factor in the sense that, like, she did assault him, and that's very clear. Like, what is she thinking that, like, he's a slam dunk anyway? It's not like he's, like, some sh- like some schlubby guy who's, like, not gonna get any other Leighton Meesters. He's this attractive dude. She's like, let me shoot my shot with the most attractive man here besides Jason Momoa? Like, what right? are you, stupid? Like, I don't understand. But she is also 15, so she's just young and naive, I guess. I understand, like, having, like, an insane crush on him. Of course. Especially at that age, but, like... Just, she is trying to shoot her shot so hard, and she keeps missing. It's basically, and... like, what would happen in, like, a reverse Sandlot scenario, where she doesn't have the ability to, like, get him to kiss her, so he's, she's just literally I'm gonna so... go and kiss her. It's weird to me that after recent, like, attacks Nicole, like, he's gone, because it seems like he's a character who would absolutely bite like, for what Leighton is putting down, pretty Which, much. Which, like, props to him. Like, that's a very There's a different take. plot, like, in general, where, like, so she, it, it doesn't work with Gabriel, so she goes after Reese, and he, like, he's totally into it, because he's a creep. Right. And honestly, I feel like that's what this, this episode is missing, is, like, her actually, like, her comeuppance and dating someone else, or hooking up with well, someone else. Well, not even, like, a comeuppance, but, like, then her realizing, oh, no, this is not this what I want. This is worth it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I wish that, like, her trying to fulfill the void of, like, attention doesn't have to include her assaulting someone. Because she could yeah. just as easily just hook now up with someone. Not that we're saying we want her to get assaulted by someone, but, like... No, her, no, Yeah. I don't even mean, like, an adult. Like, I mean, maybe he's yeah. older, but, like, literally just, like, another teenager or something. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine, too. But, like, it's clear that, like, she just has... She wants to fucking get her rocks off. And her only <laughs> way to do it is to, like, attack this man? No. So it's very confusing about the whole scenario. Um, anyway, so she, she's like- Let Leighton get her rocks off. <laughs> yes. But legally. Yes, legally. Uh, asterisk, legally. Um, <laughs> so he is like creeped out, but meanwhile we have, uh, Britt with Jason still, and she's saying uh, to him, like, if she left you, she's not as smart as she looks, and it's like, ha So she's definitely team Jason as yeah. well. Yeah, she's like, so, she's like, so what's the deal with that girl on the beach, which is the first time she acknowledges she even really noticed Nicole, because, again, that scene is hilarious, because she, Nicole is just talking to her, and she is not paying attention to her at all, and it's an effort that you can kind of applaud. You had to put in a lot of effort to not notice Brooke Burns talking Honestly. to you. And also, so this is another part in my notes where, like, I was at the point where I thought, like, obviously they couldn't have been together because she wouldn't have set him up on a date, so I had, like, put that aside. But even then, I was like, she's, I didn't know if she was an athlete until later on, but I was like, why is this rich woman hitting on the manager of a hotel? I was like, what is this about? Like, immediately there was, like, red flags. I'm like, this is like, a weird What does choice. she want from him? Because Get even, like, listen, like, I understand, like, the whole Julie Cooper of it all, where it's like, she's this rich woman on a vacation trying to stay clear of the press. She's going to hook up with the first person she meets. But, like, surely she saw Gabriel at the pool and she would have tried with Gabriel, too. <laughs> like, I, mean, I get all these women no, throwing themselves at, at no Gabriel. No offense but. to to Chris Palaha. Chris Palaha is very attractive. I, I love him. But, in theory... Listen. Every episode should have women throwing themselves at Gabriel. It like, makes the most sense. 
It's not even like a a, a diss on Chris Blaha. It's more just like, like Gabriel's like hanging out without a shirt in the sun. He's like an easy island lay. Is, is like yes. It's that simple. It's it would be no complications whatsoever. Which whereas with Jason, I feel like there's complications. He'd catch feelings immediately. Exactly. It's like it's like trying to say like let me go like get some strange and then you go get like the person who drove you to get some strange. It's like, she really should have chosen Gabriel as her beard. Yeah. And um also he's prettier to be honest like on a real fundamental he's level just, he's just he's very pretty he's got much That's prettier feminine features but whatever so they're they're like having a good time quote unquote and then nicole comes up like what we'll get to that later on but um uh meanwhile like oh, also, also because we didn't talk about uh, so of course we're watching the tv rips which are the best way to watch these because you get like the banner ads so we got a, a banner ad earlier for the simple life Two, oh and then here we get uh, the banner ad for the casino, a reality show I didn't remember existed, and that's when I realized completely like this is supposed to be Las Vegas meets the OC. That's crazy. Which again we mentioned before, the OC yeah. also became Las Vegas for a few episodes there. <laughs> oh Jesus! But so then um, they are all like they're they're scrambling to have this like um, car fix in time as well, Nicole and um, Momoa. And they come back with the car, but they're like, wait, what? It's it's perfect. And he's like, there's a ding on the, the um, bump, what was it, the uh, hubcap? The, mm-hmm. I, I hit it in, like, someplace in L.A. And then she's like, oh, we got it fixed for you. We thought it was in transit. And he's like, oh, not bad. Like, listen, I know that this is a rich person, so we're trying to act like he's an idiot. I, I'm all on board for that. That's probably true. He clearly is an idiot, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but... Like, just because you painted a car you bought, I'm not going to think that's my car. Just, like, a ding is not going to be enough. Cars have a certain, like, vibe. If you've ever... That car would smell like a new car, and that everyone knows a new car smell. Yeah, and also just, like, the way that your car feels in your own hands, mm-hmm. it's just you can tell when it's not your car anymore. Like, it's just... I don't know how they to describe to, it. They had to fake the plates, didn't they? That's what I was also... My other note here is, like, the plates won't match. How the fuck would he realize that? Maybe he doesn't know his plate. Maybe it's just a... No. Cal- it is a California plate, but, like, he just wouldn't notice it or something. I don't know. I don't even drive anymore, but, like, I would... I, I knew my plates when I did. Like, you maybe don't know the exact numbers, but you're gonna recognize, like, this is a completely different number. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, maybe he just is, like, too above it to ever have noticed his car plates. I'm like, okay, fine. That part I kind of, like, that's all bullshit, but, like, I kind of brushed it off. The bigger issue here is, like, <laughs> so mini story time is, like, more than once I've driven, like, really generic cars, and so I used to drive, like, a Honda Civic, and more than once, if it was nighttime and I was leaving, like, college campus, a lot of young <laughs> women are driving Honda Civics, and I have more than once gotten into the wrong car and sat down because <laughs> it was unlocked, and I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't my fucking car, because if you're in it for more than two seconds, you're going to be like, this isn't the way that my mirrors are set up, or this isn't the way that, like... The seat feels when I like it's not like adjusted to my butt, like little things like that. Like it doesn't make sense that you would drive a Lamborghini and not have it like tailored to your own specifics. Like you're telling me he doesn't have any like sunglasses in his car that he keeps in his car, even if it's transported. I don't buy it. Like little things like that just don't match at all. But also, he's like a piece of shit, so yeah. of course he's not, he doesn't care. I'm not gonna notice. That. I hate it. I hate uh, the whole plot. It makes no sense. Anyway, so... Uh, uh, he's really I... terrible. Then Francois Chow's character in episode two is even worse. Oh, which is <laughs> so depressing because I love Francois We're, Chow. We, we we all love Francois Chow. We love Francois Chow in his insane guest spots where he has a lot of tattoos. 
just uh, every every time we see him on, uh, for, even in any show, and especially for this podcast, it's always a del- delight. Except for in this episode that we yeah. will see. Yeah. So in this episode, but speaking of shitty people being shitty about sex, uh, Maester is now <laughs> claiming that oh, Gabriel yeah, go. Uh, assaulted her. Um, I don't know that she ever uses the word raped per se. Nope. He tried to force himself, as like as it says. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically but, but, she's she's projecting yeah. in the most literal sense where she forced herself on him and is now claiming he did that yeah. to her. At the time, you're like out of out of dignity or something. I don't know what she's trying to claim. Like she's trying to make it seem like like it's the scenario a lot of dudes get put into where it's like, well, she didn't. She wasn't into me, and I was so offended by that that I felt like I needed to claim, like, she was crazy or ugly. But, like, it's kind of like that at first, and then you find out, like, no, it's actually that she just wants her mom's attention, which is even more insane. I don't get She I don't needs get a lot it. of therapy. It's crazy. And so she she is I claiming... Do, I don't know. I do wonder about her father, which we never actually know. Obviously, her father's out of the picture, but... Is he alive or... It's also not them? clear if the know. mother is the breadwinner because you, it kind of comes across she's, like she is independent and like I single. think it's like, she, it seems like she has divorce money. That's why she was looking for like a rich guy. Oh. So like, yeah, it seems like she, she's trying to find her next husband basically is what it seemed like. But even like the whole, like the whole concept is super flawed because I think that she were trying to like make it seem like, so she thinks that assaulting this guy or like date if for some reason he was into it so say in the beginning gabriel was down for that he, he was like vaguely gonna... attracted to her at the beginning which makes sense i mean we all were we and then know, it's like she's 15 no thank you <laughs> and so like what was her end game even then like just to hook up with him i guess to freak her mom out but like her mom seems like completely down with that i mean he she doesn't well, no, say her, like her, her mom stop is hitting like, on her but like yeah stop talking the help because if he was like again an older guy but rich her mom wouldn't wouldn't give a shit Okay, all. so I guess that's more of the class stuff. Her mom is also a problem, yeah. But yeah. like, I don't know. Like, Wait, the mom is annoying, also... but I don't think she's gonna literally throw a fit over that. She's you know just what? more like, stop getting him a hit on her. Like, not saying like... this, yeah, saying this out loud now. I'm realizing this entire plot is like a very poor parallel to the Nicole Jason stuff, and it even goes th- when Nicole talks to Leighton. Obviously, that's how, that's how it's the parallel um, too, but. The problem is the Nicole Jason stuff was always consensual and no one was uh, stalking or trying to force himself on anyone. So Yeah, I'll hold off on some of my thoughts until we get to that conversation because there's stuff I think we can put, but that's a really Which, good point. I also, think. can we just, so obviously we said the cast is good, but can just say, I've, I've always, uh, from all the shows I've watched her on, I've always liked Brooke Burns as an actress. How do you feel about her? She's okay. Um, her mouth is super wide. It's kind of distracting, <laughs> but I think it's interesting. Like she's got a very unique look. Um, I've because I've watched her in a bunch of shows, obviously, and they're usually like one season shows. Because I was thinking, so it's this, um, Pepper Dennis, as I mentioned, um, also um, Misguided, which where she played a, a very she was a great former mean girl because she was like the the former popular girl to Judy Greer's former nerd. And there was that, that that whole dynamic, and I thought I think she was great there. But yeah, I, I always enjoyed her and stuff too. She's definitely good. I think like honestly, if anything, it's kind of a superficial role. Like there's not yeah, this, this, for her to do. this entire show is a superficial role for everyone, and we know yeah. we all this cast we we know they're all talented people. Besides, again, I'm sorry, not to like insult anyone, but like Dimples is the weak link as far as like this entire cast. I mean, it really does. It goes to show, too, out of everybody who's all, they're all talented, how great Jason Momoa is, because he makes, like, diamonds out of nothing. Like, he, of all of them, yeah. he has probably the, the most, like, actual 
charm, and he has, like, less than no actual plot for most of the I episodes. Because, yeah, I think, even though he's Aquaman now, I feel like people have given Momoa, like, a, you know, he's just, like, his, this big uh, meathead person or whatever. Kind of like He's just, like, a hot guy who's now famous. It's like, no, he's a talented actor who's no, been working at this for a long I, yeah, time. Yeah, I completely disagree. I mean, I agree with yeah. the sense that you say people do that, but it's like, that, yeah. that could be more wrong. Because I think, think of him, again, like, it's, it's people ironic. didn't really... Like, obviously, we knew him before even, like, Game of Thrones. Because, like, again, Stargate Atlantis, it was Stargate. very big for him. Yeah. yeah. And, but Game of Thrones is, like, where most people probably... That's when they gain recognition of him. So, mm-hmm. like, they just know him, like, as this, like, this big alpha male thing. It's like, no, he's... He's been he's been working at this for a long time. He's, I think he's you see him in Aquaman, and it's like I remember my mom was talking about him, like, oh yeah, he's attractive. When you see him talk, it's like, oh, he's like a fucking like like. There's the whole. I mean, if you haven't seen Aquaman, first of all, go see Aquaman. It's great. But there's like a scene where it's basically just like Indiana Jones, and he's like fucking pulling out like Harrison Ford riffs, where he's just like mm-hmm. like young Indiana Jones kind of vibe. Like he has right, that yeah. type of charisma, and so to see that like in this little like snippet of a scene is crazy. I would suggest, obviously it's not plug time, but I would, yeah, I would suggest that people watch, like, uh, his lesser known shows, like, the post-throne shows, like, like, The Red Road and Frontier, which are shows he fronted. Like, Frontier is actually still, uh, I think it's still going on, actually, mm-hmm. but it's just been, like, super low-key, because that's where he gets, like, to actually stretch his acting muscles, but, yeah. like, no and one so, knows about those, because those are the big ones. I think it's just, I think it's useful to say that he's far, he's closer to, like, a... Channing Tatum or Joe Manganiello than he is. Yes. Like, like oh, a, definitely a Joe. Definitely Joe. Like a Schwarzenegger or something. Mm. Even the Schwarzenegger yes. has range, but like Schwarzenegger definitely leans heavy onto those like mechanical type of actors. Mm, yeah. But anyway, so like he's great in these little scenes here, um, mm. which I feel like is important to mention because it's like trash. <laughs> the rest of the scenes. So she's being she's she's talking about how this is all awful and this happened to her, which is a lie. We all saw well, yeah. It Nicole Nicole Pink's is a lie. Once once uh, Layton's like, I, I want to go to sleep. It's like you were you're saying like you were sexually assaulted, and the first thing you want to do is go to sleep. No, you don't. And well, besides that too, though, like she's, it's almost clear too, in the sense that this is like a um, how do you describe it? Like you said, a parallel to Nicole and and Jason's previous mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah. In the sense that like she sees the fact that, like, this is what she did in some ways to, to act out against her parents. So she, like, yeah. sees that, like, it's almost like, it's almost like Meester has said this in an attempt of its own to get attention for her from her mother. And then now... Because now her mother is, like, in mama bear protective mode. Yeah. It's, so all, she's it's all like, a bunch of, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll sue the pants off you, but still. And now she's sort of like, well, let's pump the brakes. I don't want it to be this crazy because the cops yeah. are getting called. But, but, like, at the same did... time, it's like, what did you think was going to happen? Again, she, that, that that's the reminder. She's 15 years old. Just, honestly, if you're going to, like, lie and say something horrible like this, just say you slept with them. Just say it was consensual. Like, I don't understand why you even need to make up this weird, creepy shit about him, like, forcing himself on her. Just like, say that, like, we hooked up and let her get mad about but that. But no, like, yeah, guess what, Mom? I slept with a lifeguard. But then again, I feel like her mom would still go after, like... I mean, like, that's hey, fine, but, that's, like, that's, that's statutory more... right there. Listen, I would totally prefer that than, like, her pretending yeah. to be raped. Like, it's... Or that is, attempting yeah, to be that, raped. That, that like, is better. It's bizarre. Quote-unquote, it's still better, but... Because, yeah, you still get him getting arrested, but at least it won't be... Well, they can just fucking tell him himself on me, sex. yeah. They can test yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. They can do a rape kit on her, and she'll clearly have not had, had, had sex. So, like... I don't know. But either way, like, do that is think its own her, her, shit. Do we think her character is actually a virgin? 
But I think she's a, I think she's a virgin. You know if she recently had sex though. Like those are things mm-hmm. that you can prove in court. So well, no, I'm saying though, but obviously she's very. Thirsty, oh, you mean like you know ever? This. Like has she yeah. Ever? I hmm. do you think she's like she's a virgin and she just like she really wants to have sex with this no, guy? She can't be. That'd be crazy. I I feel like she so is. And she's, she's just fucking. Op- I mean, he's really hot. <laughs> Listen, she's just really overcompensating. So, uh, of, of many other people who probably also watched it over the last couple weeks, um, I recently finished watching Sex, Sex Education, and it's similar to the kind of character that, um, what's her name? But she's the, the character that, like, basically propositions people one at a time to try and sleep with them, because she's, mm-hmm. like, super eager to, like, lose her virginity and have some sex, which is, like, great and very positive. That's kind of the level of, like, aggression that she's showing here. So I can't imagine she would have that kind of aggression with one person and not display it with other men. Especially when he's that attractive. It's not like she, like, tried with, like, somebody who's ugly and then... We don't know if she, she's she's tried numerous times to get, get older men to sleep with her and they're like, no, because you're a child. Yeah, it's uh, Tanya Reynolds' but also Lily on this the is, show, too. Is what I mean. This is why I really wish they would have talked about her father because if... so. We're assuming summer vacation, if her parents just divorced and they're on the summer vacation, then it makes even more sense why she would want to act out now in this way to her mother. Yeah. I mean, if, right. if her mom's immediately trying to get, like, get another guy, like, that makes sense. It's so strange. I'm just, like, I don't know how else We're doing punch-ups on this pilot. We're doing punch-ups. <laughs> I just, so- just, just take this whole plot out. Like, just fully remove the whole plot. It'd be fine. Just make Leighton Meester just a guest at the hotel. That's all we need. <laughs> this is her, like, swimming in How the about pool. make her a guest who is of age? How about that? Make her an 18-year-old so they can have sex, and then she can upset her mom that way, and no one is accused of rape. God, it's crazy. Why yeah, her mom would still be mad and have her attention. In a pilot episode of a show is so bizarre to me. That is an insane way to start a show. <laughs> yes. With, like, a very complicated and gross rape accusation. Um, okay, so she, she, the mom is furious, though, and then even though she wants to go to bed, she's like, um, we're dealing with this now, like, you can, you're gonna step, I'm gonna talk to the owner, and, and Raymore's like, I'm gonna comp you the roof for the trouble, I'm so sorry, we're gonna have them investigate it, because my guy says he didn't, and I believe him, I'm loyal, which is nice, I mean, like, I thought you, there was some owners that would just immediately fire him. Yeah. Um, In theory, like, obviously, I'm like, believe women, but at the same time, I've witnessed this entire plot, it's like, do not believe this child. Well, it's just also, like, she. there's witnesses that saw him rejecting her in public before. So it's not even, like, it's a little bit of a will they, won't they, or was there, like, some kind of potentially different story. Yeah. It's very clear that he has been rejecting her, and this girl's kind of, like, amped up this, the, honestly, like, abusive behavior, truly. Mm-hmm. And so, um... This isn't, again, this is not the plot you start a show with. Oh, I know! It's I can, crazy! I can see this plot, like, after a few episodes, and then when we get to know this character, when we get to know Gabriel... And then it could be one of those things where, like, wow, did Gabriel do this? But here, it's like, no, he clearly, like, no, we know he didn't do this. And Why so are you doing this? The mother's so livid, she's like, after I'm done with this, I'm going to own the hotel. Fuck, you're comping a room. And, and they're like, uh-oh, this is serious. So Nicole gets the Jason, and then go. they both go to talk to Gabriel, who's now talking to the cops with uh, Harry Morgan, who's a cop himself. Um, and so they're all, <laughs> they're all having a conversation about, like, was this, ha- did this happen? How serious is this? Like, is the accusation legitimate? He's well, like, no. And she, and Jason says, like, I stopped well, wait, this, this is earlier. after, wait, wait, wait. This is after Jason and Brittany Daniel have ended up in the pool. And then oh, they <laughs> Nicole's like, hey. And she catches them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gabriel's been arrested. 
And that's, we don't see it, but that's where in the background her lesbian girlfriend <laughs> takes a picture. Um, <laughs> You're like, lesbian girlfriend. Very clear. It's not, like she's it's not a friend girlfriend. girlfriend. It's a lesbian girlfriend. Yeah. So then, so she, she goes off with him to try and settle things um, with Jason and Nicole. And so she, he, this is where he overtly says, like, this is a class thing. It'd be different if he was rich and she was the maid. And I'm like, well, he's not wrong, but it's still kind of a gross accusation to make. <laughs> like, it doesn't make it, like, he's pointing out the true problems with, with class, but, like, also, that doesn't make it the same. Like Again, because, because we know, again, we know Gabriel didn't do it, so that informs a lot of it. But just the, again, in a 2019 lens... The way that Jason defends Gabriel is like I know I know him. He didn't do it. In anywhere else, in anything else, we wouldn't really trust that. Oh, it's like oh, obviously he didn't do it. It's like I don't know. I don't trust this white boy. But yeah. Like in this, so let it's, me. It's, it's it's basically like the the eagerness with which they are to to claim that he's obviously not responsible for this is what's creepy about all the whole situation. Is like. It's like how some people are that way with like when people are claiming that this is fake and and they're very. I mean, like, honestly, like, minuscule situations where this are fake accusations, people are so excited to, to, you know, expose the real fraud that is this, when really it's, like, a very, very rare thing that ever happens. This this makes it seem like it's a common thing, and that's not good. I don't think that's fair to anybody. Um, but so, it's a, it's a class thing to him. He's saying, like, it'd be different if he was rich and she was the maid. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I agree, but, like, that doesn't mean that the double standard should just not apply to women when it's reversed, because, for all we know, if he did do this to her, she should be treated with some respect, too. But, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not fair to us, because we've seen the reality, and we know this is all fake. It'd be very different if we were, tr- like, trying to, like, figure it out for ourselves, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, and so Jason and Nicole, later on, they, they wander off after this is all done, and they kiss on the beach. And Jason stares in the water. And you're like, this is where my notes are just like, well, he's going to obviously go back into the water at some point on the surfboard. <laughs> but also, I think uh, I think that Chris and Brooke have good chemistry. But it's like I was saying, the relationship between the two, like how they handle each other changes with every single scene. Agreed. I mean, sometimes they're playful. Sometimes like he just fucking hates her. Sometimes they <laughs> sometimes come across like brother and sister. Like it's very yeah. weird that they're also like have a relationship in the past. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but like when they kiss, I'm like, this works. Like I'm not like uh, I don't see the chemistry, but it works. But it's just they they couldn't be consistent. That yeah. was a problem too. Definitely. And so um, they find out later on they were photographed at the pool when he finds out that the photographer took a picture of them. Kissing. Yeah, page six, baby. And also they find out at the same time that the police are charging Gabriel with, with assault. But this is also <laughs> another moment where, like, we realize that Momoa lives with Jason and MJ. Shirtless Momoa. Yeah. And this is, even in my notes here, too. We also the realize record. they're the same height, or close in height, because they're so tall. Yeah. And also, this is, like, for the record, even in my notes here, too, we're just, like, um, uh... When I'm talking about, I was, like, trying to write down, like, because, you know, like, you write something in the past and you don't know in the moment it's going to end up being different <laughs> after things have changed. <laughs> so, like, my notes here are just, like, so she's either bi or lesbian and <laughs> she's using him to get a, a deal or something. Like, big whoop. The girlfriend took the pictures. <laughs> and then we find out, like, oh, no, it's just, like, she's supposed to, like, sp- even then my brain was just, like, wait, but what? Like, why is this a reveal? I don't my get note- it. <laughs> 
And I underlined it too. And my note was, oh yes, I got the vibe publicist was lesbian from moment one, but I couldn't remember that plot. Yes. Like, I, I literally, I, I've had this, this whole season saved for the longest time, but I don't think I've actually ever rewatched the show since it aired. Because I watched the whole season as it aired, week to week, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't think I remembered that. I, I didn't remember Leighton Meester's very problematic story. Um, I only remember the Josh Henderson episodes, too, because Josh Henderson makes the stupidest faces in that episode. And it's especially Um, weird here, too, because, like, when she comes up, so we mentioned before, like, it's revealed that they're lesbians, and um, the scene where they're, quote-unquote, revealed to be lesbians, it's, like, the funniest scene, because, like, she's just, like, walking in, like, a robe from the shower, and she's like, so, how you doing today, babe? She, like, is at the front of the cabana, because it's not, like, a traditional room, like, it's, like, an Mm -hmm. open open air, like, you can walk right out into the sand kind of deal. So, like, he's, like, basically in the room. So, like, the idea that she wouldn't notice that she was talking to him is crazy. And so she comes out and she's, like, having a conversation and, like, walks up to her and kisses her and then, like, looks at him like, oh, you're here. Like, completely, like, doesn't care that he's there and it's revealed that they're together. So, like, she I really don't know does why. not care. And I also, like, I was just like, yeah, so obviously they're together. Like, it wasn't even subtle. Because if it were subtle, they would be like, oh, she's here? She's in your room? Like, she's the runaway. Like, that whole thing is not even, like, a, it's not even just that she's in the room with her. It's that, like, the, the, the reveal is that she's, like, literally calling her babe and, like, walking up next to her and giving her a kiss. Like, it's ridiculous. So, I just think it was actually interesting for a moment because, like, when there's, like, a quote-unquote reveal, it's almost like, in the way that uh, Christopher uh, Plot acts, he actually doesn't, like, freak out or anything. He's more just like, wait, what? So, like, paired together, it just sort of is like, oh, they're gay. Like, that's all you really need. And, in fact, the weirdness is, like, the paparazzi snapping a photo from behind him later on. But in the moment, he does have a little bit of pushback where he's like, wait, but we went on a date. (laughs) just like the least he his his acting style is good and it fits the tone of the show to a degree like i said he's got like a little bit of a surferish vibe not like to the extreme but like he's very internal so like in these big moments that would normally result in like a shocked face he's more just like eyebrows raised so it's not like he's really giving a firm like you know what i'm saying i don't know how else to describe it like he's not going to give you a like what he's going to give you like a <laughs> Huh? Like, very subtle, and it makes it kind of complicated for these conflicts to happen, because he's not, like, yelling at them. Not that he should, but, like, you know, he's not, like, freaking out. He's just sort of like, oh, whoops. <laughs> like, it's not, it's, it's very anticlimactic, is all I mean. Um, it's weirder that it becomes, like, such an issue that, like, he has to go tackle the paparazzi, because they take another picture, he goes, runs off, gets the film from the camera, and again, that's now count them four people here on the show that are Native Hawaiian, and another one of them is a paparazzi, paparazzi. who is and he being attacked by him. a white dude. I mean, he gets tackled. I don't know if I should say attacked. I mean, he, like, shoves him aside and, like, I mean, rips yeah, the camera but from him. I'm not going to say, like, he, he didn't, like, beat the shit out of him. I'm not going to act. <laughs> he steals I, his I thing. Mean, I don't know if we're going to be on, on the side of paparazzi. So I don't I know if that's the hill we want to die I agree, on. I agree. But either way, it's, like, such a shitty, like, portrayal. Again, like, everybody on this show who's native is not being fairly portrayed, in my opinion. They're just... I mean, listen, there, yeah. are, there are native Hawaiian paparazzi out there, and that's great representation, but also they shouldn't be the only people on the fucking show. You know we what got, I mean? We, I, we, I'm sorry, I feel like with that 
because it's we we got peak woke. I know, right? No, it's just, People are just I, turning I, off the podcast. It's I'm like, not. I'm oh not, my god! I'm not advocating for more white paparazzi. I'm just advocating for <laughs> only Native Hawaiians being portrayed as bad people and Jason Momoa <laughs> and that one bellhop. <laughs> like Jesus. All right, so um, Nicole talks to Meester. This is when Nicole's like, "Wait, this is what I would do." Here's what's up. <laughs> Which is fucked up that she sees herself on this awful, like, truly, like, disturbed young woman. But she, like, is like, listen, I understand you're looking for attention, you're young, but, like, this isn't the way to do it. Like, it's such a creepy... Ugh, you, you can discuss this, too. I know you have notes on it. But, like, that's not a resolution to this whole bid thing. Like, she should be talking about how it's awful to people who are actual survivors. None of that comes up at all. It's more about, like, this isn't going to get your mom's attention the way you want it to. I'm like, gross. Maybe talk about how you're a monster. <laughs> God damn it. I was livid. I was so livid. But, like, I think this is shitty because I think this is the way this type of shitty, like, rape culture persists. Is, yeah. Like, you have women who are like, don't do it. Like, don't save that for, like, a really important time. Don't yeah. do it now. It's like, no, don't do this that. This speech becomes a whole thing about, I know what it feels like to come second. Like, no, that's not the point of what what just happened. Right. Or Gabriel. God, I hate this fucking, like, this whole plot is the worst. So she just says, like, convince, she basically convinced her to admit it was a lie. Honestly, I kind of zoned out because I was so livid over the whole conversation. I don't even understand how she convinces her. She just I mean, says, that, like, it's not worth Yeah, it. I zoned out, too. And that's when I started thinking about the Tarzan and the Pepper Dennis of it all. Because I was like, <laughs> But, <laughs> like, somehow she puts a bunch of sentences together and convinces her to admit. Like, I don't think anything she could say would really be worth it. But something clicks in Meester's brain where she's like, it's, it's not worth it for your mom to do this. Because I'm like, it's not like she changed the mother's shitty behavior, either. Like, it's not like she, she talked to the mom about it. That would make more sense if she talked to the mom and said, like, this is a lie and here's why. Like, that's not the conversation they have. She's just trying to get her to admit it was fake. So somehow Meester's not only able to just admit it was fake, she, like, apologizes and stuff. And it's just not realistic. Don't ever see her actually apologize to Gabriel or talk to the cops. Yeah. So hopefully that's We don't, just we don't get that scene at all. Which is which so fucked up. Because, like, it's a serious thing to involve the cops in something like this. Not that it's ever... That not- honestly... It- if they did that scene where she apologizes, that's a better use of Leighton Meester's time. Yeah, because she'd actually be good at, like, that. I don't know. Yes. I don't understand. I do not understand it. But so, they're all hanging out at the bar afterwards, like, celebrating he got off on a rape charge, which is just, like, a fucking nightmare of a pilot episode plotline, but it is. And they're, like, literally, like, banging together bottles, like, thank God, and they're like, yeah. And so, um... The, the pool is shot like it's fucking fast lane too. I was like, this is where Soya, like, they have this game of pool and there's, like, all these, like, rack focus shots where it's, like, zoom in on the on the pool ball going into the pocket in the, like, it's like a GoPro is attached to the pool ball. It's <laughs> such a shitty scene. This is a pre-GoPro world. More. Yeah. It's just trying to be very action-y, even though it's just, like, pool. But, um... MJ's crush shows up at the bar as well, and she's like, oh. And then earlier, they had had, like, this moment where they met each other up at the bar, and he was like, I promise I'm not a jerk, even though the guy I was with is, like, a fucking creep. And she's like, okay, I kind of believe you. And then she starts to walk away, and she's like, wait, how do I know? But Which, actually, I really liked, because, like, at first, when she first sees him, and she's like, hey, it's you again. He's like, yeah, sorry about the earlier with my friend, quote, unquote, frat friend, who's a jerk. He's always like that. And she's like, yeah, he's a real weirdo. And he's like, yeah, I don't know why I even talked to him or whatever. And then, like, she's like, okay. 
And he's like, we should go hang out sometime. You're you're great. They talk about like what they both do, and she's like, I want to do a clothing line. And he's like, I want one. I'm doing extreme sports. And he's like, we should get a drink sometime. <laughs> and at first, she's like, sure, okay. And she walks away, and then she like second thinks it, and she comes up, and she's like, you're not a jerk though, right? And he's like, wait, what? She's like, your friend's a jerk. I just don't want to waste my time thinking about you until we have Which that drink. Which honestly is if you're a jerk. Up. Which is a great like that actually was great like that's the kind of like. This is why, when we're talking about, like, why didn't the show address the class issues better, or the race issues better, or the sexual assault issues better, they do have certain moments here where, like, that's a great call-out of him, like, hey, by the way, condoning your sh- your friend's shitty behavior is not good and implies that you're a shitty person. This is why you need to call that shit out. And he says, no, I'm not a jerk. And I smile. And it's like, well, how? Give me receipts. I want to know why. Because you're friends with him and question mark but she doesn't really pressure him so it's just like getting that in verbalized before they date so anyway they do decide to go on a date and he's like okay um i promise i'm good and then that's basically that for that but as he's saying i'm not a jerk some woman comes up and it's like oh it's you sweetie and he gives him a kiss on the cheek and she's like ha see you are a jerk but like they're even then though like i liked it when she did it at first where she's like you're not a jerk are you but then you like you, it's implied that she means, like, a jerk, like, you're a dog. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're gonna cheat on me or whatever. It's like, no, he's also a jerk because, like, his friend, like, comes up and, like, harasses women at random, like, in public daylight. Like, it's so gross. But so, either way, she's like, never mind. But later on, he's at the bar when they're all celebrating, um, Gabriel, and he's like, actually, that was my, what did he, he says, my notes here say, that was my brother's wife? Which I'm like, that doesn't really clear you, bro. <laughs> like, that's still kind of like, weird. Like, you could have said to... this earlier. Also, just, like, that doesn't mean that it's for sure not, like, he's hooking up with his brother's wife. Like, what? But either yeah. way, she's just like, Who, oh. Whose okay. sister-in-law pro- approaches him, like, hi, sweetie. Like, maybe yeah. you're having an affair with your, your brother's wife. Yeah. And also, like, can you follow up on that and make sure? Because I think like, that's easy for him to just say. It may not be legit. Like, like show me a picture of them together. Okay. Like, that's all you need to say. Either way. So she's just like, oh, okay. So then they decide to go out again. And she's like, sorry, I didn't give you a shot before. And he's like, it's okay. Which is stupid. But um, uh, Nicole talks to Jason. And she's like, listen, the real reason why I did all that is because my father wanted you to get fired because he didn't like you. Ooh, scandal. Which is not even... You could have told him anytime after you... Like, once you went to New York, you could have told him. But also just, like, fuck you. Just don't... Just just stay with him. Let him get fired. Yeah. Fuck you, Sue dad. the father. Like, I don't understand. He's worth billions. Like, I don't understand that mentality of, like, well... In order daddy to protect said. you, I have to stay with... What my, yeah, like, it's very much like, my dad said this, and in order for me to stay under his thumb... I have to let him do it. So I'm letting him do it. It's like, that's not a good way to solve things. You have to literally be like, fuck you. I'm going to go off on my own and make it. Which I don't, I don't, I never saw the rest of the show. I feel like maybe that's the reveal is that that's what she did now. Is like, she's dating someone yeah. now. And her, her dad shows up later. It's played by uh, Christopher McDonald, which is actually God. awesome casting. Because of course he's like the, the douchebag billionaire hotel owner. And so is he still pissed about stuff or what was that about? Is he like, well, like, as we, you know, I'll go to the, what it says on the wiki. So, uh, Walter Booth, played by Christopher McDonald, Nicole's billionaire father who wants to buy the Grand Waimea by whatever means necessary. Mm-hmm. He and Vincent have a long-standing rivalry, which again, makes me think Vincent is very rich, which also makes me re- think that, uh, Jason's very rich, but also I think it's revealed that 
Vincent might have a lot of debts. So that, that could be the problem. But yeah, they have a long-standing rivalry to Vincent's affair with Walter's wife. Ooh. Mm. Vincent is convinced that Walter killed his wife as revenge. Killed? Yes! What the fuck? Again, this show gets insane. Killed? They, they really tried it. Killed? Like, <laughs> did he not get, like, justice or something? Like, what the f- In revenge? Like, what the hell kind of revenge is- Oh my god, I got so many questions. <laughs> like, like, how is it revenge to kill someone's wife, you fucker? It's nuts. Anyway, so- so, okay, so it seems like maybe that's not how I thought it was going to shake out, but either way, whatever. <laughs> I thought it was going to be, like, the, the, because she says that the new person she's dating is, is, um, also employed by her father. Yeah, and, and that's now she's Josh Hoffman's character, who also shows up. Yeah, so I thought maybe she basically said, like, fuck you, dad, I'm not doing this again, and she left in order for him mm-hmm. to stay working there or something, I don't know. Ye- but yeah, and then when her fiancé shows not. up, uh, he actually becomes friends with Jason because it turns out he's not a douchebag. <laughs> But she nice. she chooses Jason, yeah, over him, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so, maybe she left also to be on her own terms. But it's not clear she's ever had that conversation with her dad, like "fuck you and your money." Like it's very mm-hmm. clear to me that like the whole shit with Meester is evidence that she still very much like plays the game, basically, mm-hmm. um, which is creepy. I don't know. But so she apologizes um, to Gabriel as well for having that all happen, which was like. It's a little shady. Like, everyone's apologizing to him. I'm like, thank God we know the real story, because otherwise this would be really fucking gross, and you're all complicit, but whatever. So, that was the first episode. Well, we're not <laughs> we're not totally done yet, though. No. Hold on. <laughs> because after he, she tells him about the father being, him being fired because they're rich or whatever, um, again, he's rich now, so I don't know what the issue is, but whatever. She pulls out the ring, she reveals the engagement, which is what we were all, we were talking about before. It was like, ooh, what a shock. She didn't, which I think is actually quite adult and and fair and honest because she didn't want to shock him by showing up with a ring. That's actually considerate. The thing is, she waits so long to show him, which is probably his own fault because he's been like kind of ducking her attempts to talk to him for the whole like week. Yeah. But um, either way, like the whole reveal is like clearly she must have done any work there because otherwise why how she how she had that ring off. But regardless, you get to the next morning and you have the the same um. Uh, alarm clock with the with the music coming on. You get the announcer like today's forecast is for big waves, and then it's like wait. He starts putting on his tie, and he's like wait, not today. <laughs> so he goes out into the water with his dad. Wow, what a shock! And it's just like it's a it's a second away from like him throwing the shock sign and winking at the camera. Like it's that insane. But I I do I love I love. Shows that, like, do have, a like, a spirituality to, like, the surfing element to it. Like, that's kind of nice in its own way. Because it's kind of, like, its own, like, odd religion. Even though I know that's, like, a weird way to, like, phrase surfing. But, like, if you mm-hmm. really follow, like, people who surf regularly, they treat it like... Mm-hmm. It's, like, a it's like a form of meditation. So it's a very interesting way to, like, portray it. But I think it was fair. It's, like, sort of him getting back to his roots. It's basically, like, do what you know. He's gonna go back out into the water and, like keep it real which is <laughs> just like jesus <laughs> and that's the end of that uh stay tuned for part two where we discuss the second episode as always i'm at marie on twitter latoya is at lafergs subscribe to her patreon i'll link to that in the description pre-order her book on amazon link to that is also in the description Rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes, email us at thetelevoid at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at thetelevoid. 
Uh, and otherwise, thanks again for wandering into the hell. See you in part two. Bye-bye.